And you coolest is there. What were cat crimes? Mm, purloining. Purloining is good. How do you report catnip stolen? My catnip was nipped. Mm-hmm. They nipped my catnip. Mm-hmm. I mean catnapping, but that's not what it sounds like. It's that they are sleeping in unauthorized locations. Well, it's very unclear. I feel like there are a lot of <laughs> false reports. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you have like a television or radio commercial where it's like if you've seen incidences of purloining catnip nipping catnapping please call this number and people are like catnapping like all the time like 90 percent of the time i guess he's a criminal i mean of course cat burglary which could be one of two things either you're a cat you do burglary or you're a burglar and you steal cats destruction of property I mean, <laughs> that's not even a joke it's just true that's the thing they do all the time Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. E? What? What was that? It's <laughs> doing mini me. Oh. In hindsight, it's actually quite good. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. Do I make you horny? Well, don't say it like that. <laughs> Why that's the way everyone said it <laughs> after seeing this movie. They thought they were saying it in the fun, jovial way, but actually they sounded like scuzzy teenage yeah. dirtbags. Well, it was the 90s. Yeah. Weedus. Mm-hmm. It's a Weedus joke. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I, I mean, that's the Weedus joke. I've made it. All comedians can go home now. just a hunter and allison episode and hunter and i were discussing what we were going to cover and we had a conversation that was basically to the tune of oh we keep talking about movies that we really like we when we when we something. do these solo episodes, right exactly the duo episodes yeah, yeah when no it's, guests when it's just the two of us and we can make it if we try uh <laughs> building castles in the sky continue yes yeah whenever we're doing a, a, a me and hunter episode we usually talk about, like, movies that we really like or that have, you know, great personal meaning to the both of us together or whatever. Uh, and Hunter was like, yeah, we should probably do something that is not as well loved by us personally. Yeah. Um, this is a personal opinion podcast. Yours may vary, and that's fine. Yep. And so... Please send me your counter podcast. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We were like, okay, we should do something we don't love as much. And I was kind of flipping through our physical media buy physical media guys you might not be able to keep those downloads forever but you can absolutely uh keep your dvds i, abso- I saw i'm sorry i hate to interrupt again <laughs> i saw someone online who was like yes why I buy physical media they recently hbo well there's a merger and the new hbo guy a merger zistler or whatever is that yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that fuckwad 
Um, so that fuckwad, he was like, hey, we just got rid of a bunch of original, not, not a ton, but like some original programming. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. You can still buy it uh, like digitally, but you can't just watch it on the thing you already pay for where it was. And and it wasn't like, oh, it's a partnership with another, you know, streaming service or content provider or company or whatever. It's like, no, these were HBO original features. And he was just like, nah, these got to go. It's just so dumb. It's it's just it's dick swinging it's just like look i made changes look at the changes i made daddy daddy look at the changes and it's like nobody gives a shit you're a fucking idiot so a lot of people then were like this is why i like physical media you know once i buy it, it's mine somebody's like oh your house gets robbed and yeah dude yeah, yes yeah exactly yeah, yes. right yeah right Ch- sure yeah sure but that's one guy that's gonna fuck me maybe yeah hey, out of like hey, you know that hey, millions you know, of houses, it's not somebody in one fell swoop robbing right. everybody's DVDs. It's not the Grinch that stole Christmas in this piece. I found a way that you wouldn't still own it all the time forever. Ha <laughs> ha mm-hmm. Your cookie's in the fucking mail. Yeah. Yeah, oh look, you did find a thing. It's not the Grinch that stole Shrek or whatever. What? All my Shrek DVDs. I was trying to pick a thing. But then I thought about Shrek. Yeah. I thought about Shrek's voice. And then I thought about Fat Bastard because it's the same voice. And now I'm sad. Sorry. Because I hate Fat Bastard. Yeah. I don't even like Shrek that much, but I prefer him to Fat Bastard. Yeah. Or uh, the whole uh, family from So I Married an Axe Murderer. I like them. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, Scottish Dad. But it's the same accent. Yes, it is. <laughs> Mike Myers has oon accent. I mean, he's probably got like three, which is fine. I mean, I don't even think I have that many. I have attempted numerous, mm-hmm. but they're not that good, which is fine. It's totally fair to do bad accents. It's great. That's part of comedy. But Mike Myers just is like... I want to do another another character. And nobody went, let's maybe not do that. Allison, what uh, what film are we talking about today? Uh, we are doing uh, Austin Powers. Oh, I love Austin Powers. That's so great. Oh, man, that, that fucking, that first movie, all the music is so good. It's so much fun. And, like, I don't know, I, even, even like, now, so many years later, whatever that is, like, over 20 years later or something, that's, like, a wildly fun movie it's in just like gold member oh it's the sequel oh so, i'm sorry it's the sequel oh so uh spider no. shagman that's pretty good it's not as no. good as uh what in gold member oh that's the third one it's the third one yeah <sighs> we watched all three so yeah, yeah. we wanted know, to refresh it was, a, it was a journey it's been a long time since i'd seen any of them uh i saw the second one i think a bunch on comedy central i don't think i had seen the first one in a while i had never seen Austin Powers in Goldmember, released in 2002. Yes. Directed as all the trilogy is by Jay Roach. Written by Mike Myers and Mike McCollum, McCormick, something. Mike McCullers. So Mike Myers wrote the original Austin Powers solo. It's a, it's a solo credit. I don't know if that's 100% true. Maybe there was, you know, some polishes or whatever. But both sequels are co-written by McCullers. I mean, if nothing else, like these movies feel like Mike Myers all over you know so the thing that blew me away was um in the 2000s when um saturday night live started doing the retrospective dvd releases and they would show those mm-hmm. on comedy central and it'd be yeah. like the best, best of, of will ferrell yeah. and the best of you know mm-hmm. but they did a best of mike myers and when you watch that it's like the dna for austin powers there's whole bits that are just oh he just ripped this off you know i mean he's stealing from himself so i don't it's not like oh plagiarism i don't give a shit like he's just reusing ideas he had which is cool yeah but I just think it's funny when you watch it, you're like, oh, there's literally a sketch on there. I don't remember what the setup is where he's like, I'm having con- trouble controlling the volume of my voice. Like, it's just the same exact bit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, word for word. 
And of course, like famously, Dr. Evil is a parody of Lorne Michaels. Mm -hmm. The way he speaks is very Lorne Michaels. Everybody does a Lorne Michaels impression and they all sound like this. Do you know where the pinky affectation came from? No. Is it just something weird to be doing? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. It is pretty iconic to that character and I really don't know what... No, that's it's the thing supposed is to harken back to or anything. Mike Myers and like the people he works with, I'll say, has this weird way of tapping into cultural zeitgeist and yeah. finding these weird quirky little things that don't really necessarily have anything to do with one another. Apparently he used to like just watch, you know, go to places and watch people and like, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, a famous like songwriter thing. It's a famous comedian thing like you just watch people interact famous writer thing yeah, and acting you, any of it yeah like, and you just sort of like observe people i mean famously Dieter from sprockets now mm-hmm. dunce um he was just like the waiter at some place mm-hmm. and you know he went there with some friends or some comedian friends or whatever and was just like that guy's crazy right and was like huh, and then just did this impression and everybody's like, that's hilarious. And then he was like, oh, I got to come up with shit for Saturday Night Live. And he's like, oh, that, that, you know, impression of that waiter killed with my friends or whatever. So I'll do that. And then they formed a bit around it, which is genius. Like, that's great. Nothing wrong with any of this. Yeah, maybe he just, you know, saw somebody do that. Or maybe that's like a little thing that he just picked up on that he's always done, you know. Something he's done since he was a kid because it was in one movie he saw. Or I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, I don't think it's a... Lorne Michaels thing. I don't think it's a James Bond thing, you know. Apparently, Austin Powers was also more inspired by, like, the Flint series of films. Yeah, which I'm not familiar which with. Which, yeah, I haven't Our seen... Our Man Flint in Like Flint? Yes. Yes, you've mentioned this the other yes. day. Yes. And, yeah, I haven't seen either of those. I know and of they're them. not currently streaming, so... Yeah, I know of them, and they're American spy yes. pastiches. Yeah. Uh, they're also, I mean, Austin Powers as a character is also influenced by some of the Michael Caine characters from mm-hmm. 60s and 70s. Sure. Get Carter and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, just like with the, the, the mod suits and the haircut and the bad teeth and, you know, all that. Like, that's not like a broad strokes, like, oh, English joke. It's like, it's specifically kind of a Michael Caine joke. Not that he has like terrible teeth, but he has a lot of teeth. Mm-hmm. They're they're basically he's a tall man, mm-hmm. big tall teeth. Mm-hmm. That's why he plays the dad in this one. I mean, I guess he couldn't get Sean Connery. It's one or the other, you know. Like, yeah, we'll do hello, excellent humans. Welcome to another shagadelic episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. I'm your host Hunter Danger Bush, and with me as always is my co-host E <laughs> Minison. <laughs> You're coolest. Uh, so we're talking about the third Austin Powers film released in 2002. Yes. 20, 20 fucking years ago. From when we're recording this, yes. Well, yeah, if you're listening to it in the future, it's 30 fucking years, 40 years. It's 100 years ago. We're all dead. This is the last thing. The gold member lives on. This is the last thing you're listening to on an asteroid floating towards a distant cold sun. God, can you imagine if in 100 years people are like, all civilization is toppled, galactic, you know, chaos ensues, and people still have, like, our podcast to listen to for entertainment, and they're like, well, we can't watch movies anymore because all movies were destroyed in the great Earth explosion of, you know, 2600 or whatever. And uh, they're just like, we have to listen to podcasts recounting what they were like. 2600 is more than 100 years in the future. <laughs> no, linearly, but... 
as we get closer to the end of the universe, things time speeds up. Yeah, yeah. time speeds up. So. Sure. Yeah, they could be like, "Ooh, this is all we have for entertainment." Old old episodes of Hate Watch, Great Watch. They'll describe what the movies were like. Yeah. Just just the show though. That's yeah. the only one. We do an excellent job of that, definitely. Probably. They just like no wonder the civilization died. They can't fucking. They deserved it. I blame the internet. The internet's great. The internet's a tool. Yeah. How you use that tool is your fucking fault. Mm-hmm. I, like the internet, am a tool. <laughs> well, I don't want to say it. Ah, <laughs> uh, divorced. All right. Welcome to my new podcast. My ex-wife is a bitch. <laughs> Today we're talking about my bitch ex-wife and how much she loves Earth did Powers, the third one, the gold one. Um, yeah, no, you hadn't seen this. <laughs> no, I hadn't seen this. I had um, seen the first two. We in watched, theaters. We watched it with the roommates. They hadn't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I cold turkey cut this franchise out of my life after the second one. Yeah. I was like, nah. Not even, not even kind of interested. Yeah, that was a fine choice. All right, let me give you my, my brief rundown with the first two, okay? So the first one, I think, honestly, is great. Rewatching it the other day, like three days ago, I, I laughed multiple times at jokes that, like, I, you know, I was like, oh, I know this joke. Like, yeah. I remember this. But it's still, like, it's perfectly funny. The performances are great. The editing is really great. Yeah. Um, there's two genius moments in it that are, like, everybody remembers them. Everybody knows these bits. But the thing that I appreciated about them now was different. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the when he gets un, unfrozen and he's pissing forever. They know there's no way to end that joke. Yeah. Because the whole joke is like, look how long it goes on. And then it keeps stopping and restarting and stopping and restart. Like, that's the joke. So there's no satisfactory way to end it. Mm-hmm. So he literally just, like, there's a long pause and the little, you know, you know, machine voice thing is like, you know, evacuation complete. Like, it keeps trying to say it. And, and there's a long pause and it waits and it goes, evacuation. And it starts again. And then they just cut away. Because they're mm-hmm. like, there's no way we're topping this. Like, that's the that's where you go out on a high note, right? Right. That editing is so fucking smart. Because, you know, if it was a Family Guy bit, it would oh, be yeah. it would be 15 fucking minutes of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then whatever the fuck. Like, some other horrible, you know, the, the basement would drop out on that joke somehow. And it would be worse than, you know, you'd be like, oh, do we need to do this? Like for this long um it's like yeah it's like 30 seconds but it's so funny okay and then the other one that's funny the swedish made penis and larger bit which everybody remembers right i know i know for a fucking fact everybody remembers it because i used to work in a sex store and that's the only thing people ever quote about fucking dick pumps is austin fucking powers a movie from like 30 years ago somebody needs to make a new movie with a dick pump in it just so that the people that work in sex stores don't have to lose their goddamn minds with this shit anymore but i digress so I know everybody remembers it, but the thing that's so funny is the guy playing the quartermaster who's returning Austin's stuff to him. Mm-hmm. The actor's name is uh, Neil Malarkey. Could be pronounced Malarkey, which seems like a joke. But he is, like, giving as good as he gets in that scene. Like, he's giving, uh, you know, Austin Powers just as much attitude as he can muster. Like, he's very smug with him. Whereas if he played it straight and was just a guy... It would be kind of boring. One Swedish made penis pump or penis enlarger, and he's like, "That's not mine." Right. One receipt signed by Mister right. Austin it's, Powers. Right. It's not just that he's listing the stuff; it's yeah. the, the stank he's putting on. Oh it. yeah. Like he's just like one receipt for Swedish made penis enlarger signed by Austin Powers. Like it's very like, well, fuck you very much, and that's yeah. really what makes it funny. Mm-hmm. A, a, a thing in comedy is like people. 
you know, people love to watch losers. Like, that's what comedy is. That's, you know, like, yeah, you can you can have a, a funny moment and yeah. be funny as, like, the winner in a scenario. Like, having the, the big put down or whatever. But, like, the underdog is always more sympathetic and will get more laughs out of you yeah. than, you know, it's punching up versus punching down. Yeah. And, like, that's a basic that's rule of comedy for of fucking s- ever. That's why a lot of sitcoms have, like, schlubby husbands and stuff. Right. And, you know. Right. I mean, that's right. why... That's why Dodgeball didn't focus on the Cobras. It focused on, you know, the shitty Joe's Gym guys. Yeah. Because they're way funnier because they're scrappy and weird. If, you know, the fucking Cobras don't have to be scrappy, they can be weird as shit, and they are. And you could make a whole movie with them. It would just be less interesting because they're not weird losers, you know? Yeah. That There's just something, you know, that's more... Like, audiences are more likely to get on board with a bunch of weird losers than, like, weird, you know, guys with the upper hand, you know? Yeah. Um, so by having Austin Powers be the loser in that scene, where he's just like embarrassed and then also just keeps lying and keeps getting fucking buried, it just works. It works so well. So that movie's great. It's borderline perfect. There's a couple things in it that like didn't age well. I'm not really gonna like hold it against it. It's just like you know, it's a different time. I don't give a shit. Like, you know, Will Ferrell's playing a Middle Eastern man. That's yeah. never gonna fly now. But it's also not really an offensive portrayal. He's barely doing a voice. He's barely wearing makeup. Like, yeah. No, the joke is that he. The joke know, is just that he's dying. Can't, yeah, that he can't be <laughs> he, dispatched. He cannot die. Yeah, like that's the joke, and it's not. It has nothing to do with his nationality. They just picked. A thing that you would always see as a villain in a Bond film. Somebody and it from... lets him do a voice. Right, right. It lets know. him be kind of a character. Yeah. And it's like the least amount of character ever. But yeah, it's just like somewhere vaguely from the Middle East because they were, you know, you could do them as a villain. It's fine. Right. But the joke isn't that he's wearing a fez. The joke is that he got, you know, thrown down a hill and is definitely yelling up from the bottom about how... Well, that's the how... second one, but okay. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. The he... joke is that he can't die. Right. Yes. You think he yes. should be dead, but yes. he's not dead. Yes. The first one, it's fire. The second one, it's broken legs. Yeah. So the first one, yes. Very good. All around. Solid. A lot of the jokes work. Okay. The first one was a fucking blockbuster. The second one, they I feel like they were like, oh, we got to repeat all this shit. And to be fair, they do a pretty good job of sequel bullshit where they don't just do everything verbatim. Yeah. Like, okay, in the first one, there's the, the, the big long bit where they're hiding Austin's penis with like various things in the foreground. Yeah. Miss um, Kensington is on the phone. She's playing with like a magnifying glass or she's eating a sausage or whatever. And these things are all in front of where Austin's penis would be. And that's very funny. And it works. Great visual gag. Totally kills. Everybody loves it. Great. And the second one, they do kind of go back to that well, but they reinvent it and have it be the opening credits. And he's just running around nude. But the titles and the credits, uh, you know, everybody's names are obscuring his junk. Yeah. And that's funny because it's a little bit different, but it is the same thing. Like it works and we know it's going to work, but we made it just different enough that it doesn't feel boring. The and Q-tar- instead of being space this time, now it's time travel. Yeah. I mean, the second one, yes. That's my two jokes on my letterbox write up were uh, one was about the product placement, Starbucks, Heineken and Volkswagen mm-hmm. in this economy. <laughs> and then the other one was time travel, impotence and a moon laser in this economy. Yeah. Because that's the, that's the sequel. I don't think the sequel feels as much like Austin Powers as it should. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's doing more broad strokes parody thing. It feels like, it feels closer to not another teen movie than it does to Austin Powers. Austin Powers was parodying very specific shit. Right. Bond films, spy films, that era of film, like even the special effects they use, the way they shot stuff is using the language of film at that time. Right. 
you know, and it's making fun of it. It's, it's being like, oh, look, you know, they would do like a foreshortening gag to make it look like this guy's getting run over by a steamroller. But if you cut away, you'd see he was really far away. So they cut away and show you how far away he is. And then the guy screams for three minutes and he gets run over. Yeah. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's Michael McDonald. That's the Stuart yeah. guy in the first one. And yeah. in the second and third one, he plays like a military guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, you know, it's just those things. It's, it's making fun of the way those were shot as well as the content of the films. And, and it, that's really smart and funny and yeah. unique. feels different. Then the second one, like there's literally like a Star Wars crawl in the opening and narration for some reason because like they were like, oh, no one's going to read this. It's like it's like you're parodying Star Wars where there is no narrator, but you're like, well, we need one. <laughs> so they just threw one in there, too. And then there's immediately after that a Houston, we have a problem joke followed by like the satellite that looks like a Bob's big boy opens its asshole and an egg chamber turd comes out. And that's where Dr. Evil's been frozen or whatever. And I thought like, it was a fart joke because he laid an egg. Either way, it's funny because it's coming out the butt. That's the funny part. Yeah. Butts, guys. Everybody, we're all laughing. Oh, Star Wars. And then uh, Houston, we have a problem. And then like a butt joke. Boy, we're just batting a thousand. And none of that is like fun. You kind of get away with the, the egg turd thing, fart thing. If that was it, if the rest of it was played like a Bond film and that was your joke was like, yeah, you know, which they kind of do with the, the rocket looks like a Bob's big boy. And then later the rocket looks like a penis. Like that's what, that's kind of what they're doing. They're playing with that sort of, and like, it's, it works. It's funny, but yeah, there's just too much broad strokes parody in it. That doesn't work. Um, it also is the first sign of like, Oh, we're just going to fill these things with like cameos that don't mean anything and don't matter. Yeah. You know, and like they kind it kind of works better in the second one, you know, but not as it's just, you know, and the third one, which is where, what we're getting to the third third one's a lot of cameos for cameos sake. Right. But it does manage to feel more like what Austin Powers was than the second one to me. Mm -hmm. Like there's no time travel in a James Bond movie. None of these spy movies that you're parodying have time travel. Well, so I think what the nuance is, because like, so the third one, it's that they do time travel and space (laughs) together. So that's, you know. They barely do space though. Okay. But. There's a space laser for 10 minutes at the end. Yeah. He's got a moon base for 10 minutes. Okay. But anyway. I was getting a drink. Sorry. I was away from my microphone. Anyway. I think the, like the difference in tone for you comes that the second one is yeah kind of like hinging on yeah a lot of impotence jokes a lot of like the the you know sexuality machismo whereas the first one has to do with you know more emotional reaction to being like suddenly you know several decades in the future and dealing with life and love and changes sure and in the third one it's dealing with a lot of the past of like oh i have all these unresolved issues with my father oh i never knew my family like in dr evil's case so like it's doing a lot more character work than the second one did but it's kind of harkening back to those story beats from the first one you know where you're really like tapping into something emotionally in those like story building parts and like yeah it makes it sound like they're doing more work than they actually do because they really don't right and they also backpedal a bunch of shit like they sure. they well, just wanted to get to the ending with Doctor Evil. Yeah. So they actively changed his backstory. Yes, that sometimes happens with stuff. Yeah, but it's all it's it's you know. it's to use the term sweaty. It's just yeah. like I can you look how much effort there is. I feel like they kind of did that with the second movie too, though, where it's like, oh, it ended up with Austin Powers getting married. Oh, no, his, see that his felt wife, that, you know, that felt actually... very on brand to me. Okay. It it it's a little further into like 
um, the prisoner or the Avengers level of like absurd spy shit. Sure. Like she was a the Avengers, was, the British television series, not the Marvel Avengers. No, 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 the Marvel Avengers. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, there's all kinds of they're called replicoids. Uh huh. And Tony Stark makes them by pooping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Um. Yeah. The the British Avengers with the bowler hat and the unfunny Sean Connery movie. <laughs> yeah. Sean. We were talking about doing that for the podcast, but Sean I don't. Connery? He's in it. Is he? He's the bad guy. I forgot that he was. The I'm bad controlling guy. the fucking weather. I watched it once and I'm went, in the oh. fu- look. I'm wearing a Grateful Dead bear suit. Yeah. For no reason. Fun. Yeah, the Avengers was also something I suggest we should cover because. But uh, I don't own it, and it's not streaming. No. Yeah, and we're not. So that makes it a poor choice. We're not paying for it now. No, I just. But I do rather like the television series as well. Television series is good. Yes. The idea of trying to make a very specific British style of humor a American and b at the weird mid to late nineties era of like pop culture is just like that ain't gonna fly. Mm-hmm. Those are two. Those are two things that don't go together. Sometimes you mash things together. You got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got a Reese's cup. Everything's gravy. It's great. Yeah. Sometimes, however, you're like, no, this is bad. Don't ever do it again. Then you get the fucking Avengers movie with Sean Connery and mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes. And uh, is it Uma Thurman? Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, what a great cast. It must be good. It is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. To be fair, I've not seen it in like at least 15 years. But I don't think, it go- I don't think it's going to be any better now if I rewatch it. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. One day I'll own a copy. You can mail copies to... I'm going to drop in the P.O. Box right here. Send it to Movie John, Attention HWGW, P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA, 19145. And there we go. I'm just saying, if you, like, run a... You run a thrift store and you're like, oh, we got, like, 45 fucking copies of this old-ass Avengers movie nobody cares about. Yeah. I'll mail one of this podcast. But we anyway. got onto this topic yes. because Austin Powers' wife, having her be a fembot the whole time and yeah. then explode because of Austin Powers' sensuality, works great. It's a great joke and it feels of the oeuvre that they're parodying, right? Yeah. It doesn't... Sure. Bigfoot didn't show up and kidnap her. You know, like a weird yeah. thing that doesn't fit with the genre didn't happen. Yeah. It's very genre appropriate. But, I mean, like, I don't know. But then time travel happens, and you're like, well, now you're just... It has fucking dumb comedy sequel vibes, which yeah. is what it is. And, like, so does fucking Wayne's World. Now, Wayne's World 2 has a really interesting story, which is that they wrote a whole thing that was a parody of Fantasy Island based on a potential merger that was going to let whatever, like, Warner Brothers or whoever made the Wayne's World movies have the rights to Fantasy Island at the last second that fell apart, but they'd already greenlit it, blocked out, you know, filming times. Had a budget. Secured a cast. Had signed yeah. on. Had a director, all so, that. So Mike Myers and whoever wrote that with him um, had to rewrite it in like... A uh, week and a half yeah, or like, something. Yeah, like three weeks. Okay. While also prepping to film. So that's why it has the exact same plot as the first one, except they added a, a fucking, you know, music festival. Mm-hmm. So the second one feels like that, where it's just like, oh, I'm a dumb comedy writer. I'm going to write a dumb comedy. Uh, what's fun? Uh, time travel. Like, because the first one, we got a little bit of the 60s, but now we don't get to go back there or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. you just do basically what you did in the first one, which is just do a flashback. Introduce a character that he has history with the son or the daughter of a villain that he faced briefly in the 60s. Then you flash back to the 60s. You see Austin having his, you know, adventure with whoever this villain is and a hot broad, you know, with a fun name. And then, you know, cuts back and he's like, I remember your father. And then, like, they do that and, like, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. You don't need time travel. It's dumb. That's the thing about like a good parody. Play it straight. There's a songwriting thing that I always believed, which is like, if the song sounds good acoustic, it'll sound great electric. Like, if you can play it and it sounds good acoustic, and you're like, yeah, this sounds good. This is a good song. Just you would listen to this. Then when you start adding shit, adding other instruments, adding effects and adding, you know, like whatever, then you can make a really interesting thing out of it. Yeah. No, that's the kind of music I like. Like, you can just build an electric song. You can build a, you know, whatever. So this is not like a hard, fast rule, but that's kind of how I feel like parodies and shit should work. It should be a movie that works underneath all the jokes. You can get away with so much in a parody by not having, like, you can have the ending be anticlimactic because it can be parodying the endings of other real films. You know, like, it doesn't have to actually be satisfying on a level that a real film does. Like, it doesn't have to be a satisfying thing. There doesn't have to be, like, a countdown thing. It could, you know, they could just pull the plug on a death machine. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in James Bond. He can't just find the plug and unplug it. Sure. And be like, I unplugged it, and that's why we're not dead. Mm-hmm. But you can do that in an Austin Powers, and it would work as a joke because you're playing against the expectations for a scene like that. But it has to work as that scene up to that point. I just think throwing in time travel was dumb. And then this one, they were like, oh, more time travel, please. We're going to do it. So now here we are. We're talking about the third one. Yes. Gold Member. Yes. What's funny about my experience with this is that I remember it being way worse. There were actually a couple of things that, like, I think are genuinely good about it, and that is that the music is very good, I think. It's okay, but it, it again strays really far from what... Austin Powers, the first one, the music's great. It, it's of that well, year. It's, it's a score and everything. And well, then they have like little... The, uh, the pop songs that yeah, are in it yeah. and the fake original pop songs are great. Having that that one music sting that's like, Austin Powers, he's the man for you or whatever it is. like, mm-hmm. Which I think is like, you know, like that's in there like once or yeah. something. Like it's like an interstitial thing. Mm-hmm. It's great. Like all that stuff is good. And because it sounds like the era that it's parodying. The second one, they were like, oh, we'll just put in, at the time they were making it, the 60s and 70s had come back. So they were like, oh, cool. We'll get Lenny Kravitz. We'll do the, his cover of American Woman. That'll be the on the soundtrack. That'll be, you know. And it's like, eh, it's okay, but it would be better if you just played the real American Woman. Like, yeah. just do that. Like, I love Lenny Kravitz. I got nothing against Lenny Kravitz at all. He's great. And in this one, they were just like, ah, fuck even trying to make it sound like era appropriate. We'll just put a straight up Britney Spears song in it that has nothing to do with anything. She shows up and sings part of a song, boys. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the movie or the tone or the era that it's parodying. Nothing. Nothing at all. It's just in there. Because they wanted Britney Spears to show up. And the only way she could contractually show up is if her music got played. That also wasn't really part of, like, the whole movie. It was during their, like, big opening I'm sorry. It did happen between the opening credits and the closing credits. Okay. Therefore, it's part of the movie. Well, yeah, okay. But, it's not part of the plot. But, yeah, I mean, like, maybe a little discordant for you, but it's put in this a sort of a nether region of the movie. It is a I nether region. I, I, like, I don't think they just, I mean, they didn't just shoehorn it in the middle somewhere. You know? Uh, sure. I guess that's a bonus. I'll okay. give you that. <laughs> I guess it could have been worse, is your argument, which is fair. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, like, I thought I good. I, I th- I think the rest of it was good. They actually did, you know, more original songs and stuff, and I I thought that the music was good. Um, I I want to. I mean, I love Beyonce, and she's great in this. But like, yeah. she sings a song that's just a medley of '70s songs that she adds Goldmember lyrics to, which is like it's straight up just shake your booty, but with Goldmember lyrics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's lazy. It's so lazy. She is a musician. 
you can't give them 20 minutes to come up with like a 70s riff and do like a fake Casey and the Sunshine Band song. Mm, fair. Like, no, she just they just took a Casey and the Sunshine Band song and changed the words to be like gold member, but do 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 got a gold dick, boop ba doop doop, gold dick, boo do 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 look at his gold dick or whatever. And it's fucking terrible. It's like something that you wrote while you were peeing. And that's not funny. It sounded great, because she's great. <laughs> like she's a good turns out Beyonce, good singer. Like And then also I thought she did like a good job in this. She's like She's very good in yeah. this. She's doing a whole Foxy Brown thing. The character is Foxy Cleopatra. Foxy Cleopatra. It's a couple things. Yeah. Cleopatra Jones was a oh, okay. um, was a black exploitation character. She's right. not super black exploitationy. No, it's... Um, she's very like uh, toothless. It is a pastiche of that that sort of yeah. character, and like it's, it's pretty good. But she's so fucking charming in this. Yes. And every time she's on screen, you're like, now we're cooking. And then she just kind of like has to go do something, and so that we can have you know. And it's like I get it. It's Austin Powers movie, but like. Boy, they should have realized what they had and fucking been like, no, 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 you're in every scene. Let's do every scene with you, too. So this was in a weird time for her career. Destiny's Child was rocky. So the whole thing was that they were... Splitting uh, up. Yeah, splitting up, but over the course of like six years or something. You're saying that this movie came in the middle of all that business. Yes. So... As a filmmaker, as an actor in a scene, like Mike Myers had to have been like, holy shit, she's dynamite. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I got nothing against Heather Graham. I'm not saying she's a, a bad actress, but, like, in that movie, she didn't hit a tone that felt like she was in sync with the movie. Mm -hmm. She felt more like, you know, this movie, Goldmember, opens and closes with a fake movie. She felt more like she was in the fake movie of The Spy Who Shagged Me. But she never really, like, commits to it. It was never, like, in the moment. And, like, Mike Myers is nothing if not in the moment. When he's Austin Powers, he's deeply Austin Powers. You do not see, like, oh, it's Mike Myers in there. Like, he's committed himself to being this fucking weirdo. Mm -hmm. You know, and same thing with all the other characters he plays, good for good or ill. But, like, Beyonce also commits. Yeah. Austin, we have to do this thing, and it matters, and I'm saying it like it fucking matters, because yeah. I'm acting. Yeah. Also, I really like Austin's clothes in this. Because, like, the I first one is the... everybody's got really good, uh... Yeah, but the first one has, like, the iconic, like, blue crushed velvet suit. Yeah. And the second one... Which they also the... do bring back in this for the yeah, Austin yeah. and Mini-Me gag. Yeah. But, like, in the second one... It's like a red version of the crushed velvet suit, but it's the same thing. It's one color. And in this one, um, he's wearing like pattern suits and they look so good. He's, he's got a couple different outfits, like whatever. And that's great. But like, they all look so good. And I was like, this actually looks great. Yeah. Like, uh, Basil Exposition, I think also yeah. has like, again, his, More his, muted, his but... usual outfit, but turned up just a little bit. He's always got like a contrasting. Well, I think it's usually three piece suits with like a yes. carnation in them and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, yeah. Very striking. Yeah. It's more muted. It's not as like flashy. And sure. Mod. Well, He's yeah. More refined. He's an right. English gentleman. Right. Right. But yeah. So uh, costume design was Dina Apple. I think it's great. I think like this movie actually looks pretty goddamn good mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, you had an issue with some of the effects. Some of the effects are weirdly janky and I don't get it. Now, okay, well, peek behind the curtain. I don't know a ton about special effects, so I found um, a YouTube channel that I don't find totally obnoxious to watch, which is they, they talk about effects a lot and they give a, a lot of good insight into special effects. It's uh, the Corridor Crew on YouTube. Um, they have this series of videos that's um, special effects uh, artists react to good and bad effects. And it's like, it's the... 
you know, there's a couple of the guys and sometimes they'll have another outside effects person come in and they watch movies and they talk about like, why doesn't this work? Why do we look at this and think it's bad? What about this is bad? You know, I've been watching a lot of those um, because I just wanted to know kind of like, like, I don't know what the difference between a blue screen and a green screen is. Now I do. (laughs) And it's boring. It's not interesting for me to discuss, so I won't. But I do know it. (laughs) It's in there. What is this movie? What? Hey, Allison. What is this movie? What is it? What is it? (laughs) I mean... (sighs) (laughs) I don't know. The hesitancy to respond is great. So, like I said, I specifically brought it up because we're looking for something not good to watch. Yeah. So, and it's not awful. It's not the... by a huge margin not the worst thing I've ever watched. Yeah, but no. it's not good. Um, and, and that's the thing is it's got some of like the least enduring comedic beats because they spend a lot of time in Japan doing really shitty shit, <laughs> you know. And then yeah, bringing in like the the new character of Goldmember, and it's just weird and a little gross. Goldmember, the character of Goldmember, he eats flakes. Of oh, skin that's and disgusting. He's got a he's got a missing penis. That's that's fine. Yeah. So one like, of those things is fucking disgusting and doesn't doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Here's here's the thing with Goldmember. Half the shit because I've never seen this. Half the shit with Goldmember is genuinely funny. Where I was like, and then the other half I was like, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like it, there's no in between. Like it's very good or no, not at all. Him having a whole gold theme, fine. Him well, having a okay. calling card. Let's put a pin in this first. Let's put a pin in this right now. Okay. Him having a whole gold theme is a hundred percent on board. Yeah with yeah. the Bond thing. Yeah. You've at done one, a good job. Well, at one point, he is dressed in, it's not, you know, the same thing, but it's extremely reminiscent of Goldfinger from Goldfinger, the James Bond film. Oh, yeah. Where it's like a cherry cloth shorty. But no, just like the jacket that he's got on has the same collar and like, it's oh, very oh, close. Okay. Except on, in, in Goldmember, it's like a cloak. But it's the same, it's like, I was, I was thinking like, of oh. the buy the pool outfit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But I was like, oh, they're really nailing this. And yeah. that's perfectly, that works perfectly well. Yes. Him being like a roller disco guy, I think it's just because it was the 70s and it was like a way to do that. Yeah. Which I, is fine. I also thought that was Got good. no problem yeah. with it. It's not particularly funny, but it's not anything. It's just like, oh, that works. Yeah. Um, The fucking, for no reason, this doesn't make any fucking sense, but the schmuck and a pancake. Yeah. I don't, it, it's funny, but it, I don't know where that comes yeah. from. I guess because it's something funny to say in his weird Dutch accent. Yeah, and that's the thing. I was like, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, like weed, but like cigar and waffles. Uh, uh, oh uh, no, a cigarette and a flapjack, pipe and a crepe. Pipe and a crepe. Pipe and a crepe. That one. That was the one where I was like, that's funny. Yeah. Bong and a blintz. I was like, eh. then I guess there is no pleasing you. Yeah, I was like, this is all. This all works. Yeah. Like it's weird as hell, but yes. it's it's funny enough. Yeah, he eats his skin. That's so fucking weird for no reason. Like, it's just so the characters can be like, you're weird and gross. Yeah. It's like, but you have Fat Bastard if you need this joke. Right. If you need a joke where Dr. Evil calls somebody gross, you have Fat Bastard, and that's his entire fucking character is, I'm disgusting. Yeah. Fat Bastard is the worst thing to happen to cinema. It's like him and the Snyder Cut bros. (laughs) And Zistler. (laughs) I think. Oh, speaking of things that are terrible that happened to cinema, Kevin Spacey's in this movie. Oh, yeah. That's a bummer. That's, again, also something that, like, in hindsight, 
didn't age great. Nope. No, but I'm not going to hold that against the movie. It's no. not, uh, To the best of my knowledge, uh, Mike Myers was unaware that Kevin Spacey's a huge creep. He just knew that he was a great actor and was like, this will be funny to get him yeah. playing Dr. Evil in a movie within a movie. It's called Austin Pussy. That's what they wanted to call this movie. But that was never going to happen. Right. I can't believe they got away with calling a movie Octopussy. That's insane. Yeah. But they did. And well, now she didn't have eight. You don't know. They <laughs> never answered my fan letter. <laughs> Sean Connery wrote me back and he was like, I was like, I really want to know. He's like, you and me both, boy. If you find out, text me. That's what he said. It was weird. It was like 1991. Texting me. So movie opens and closes with a fake movie. It's pretty funny. It's Tom Cruise playing Austin Powers. That's great. Gwyneth Paltrow is the like Bond girl. She's not playing any of the real ones. She's playing a fake one named Dixie Normus. Dixie Normus. Great. Great joke. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey is Dr. Evil. This opening bit is, you know, yes, they're making this film. We see, like, a little bit of it, and then we call cut. It's weird how many people in this movie have appeared on this podcast before. Uh Uh-huh. So I would like to welcome back to the show one of the great directors of cinema history for his small cameo in Austin Powers and Goldmember. That's right. Danny DeVito plays Mini-Me. Oh, also Steven Spielberg is directing the fake movie. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Pretty good director, I guess. Um, no, that's that's my joke. But, like, Dane DeVito, also a great director, honestly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I kept being like, oh, well, I was watching this movie going, welcome back to the show. <laughs> like, so many people. Uh, Mini-Me, famously, as you have intimated with your introduction. He... Yeah, doesn't speak. Yeah. Um, but Dane DeVito does. Yeah. And also he fires a machine gun, and it's kind of great. Yeah. It's kind of great. It is. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they're on the set of... Doesn't he just say, like, I'm mini-me? I'm mini-me. He might even say, like, you sons of bitches yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he, fi- he chomps on a cigar up. and fires a machine gun. Pretty great. Yeah. Um, and they're on the set of, of Austin Pussy. Yeah, I like a good fake movie. I keep track of them on Letterboxd. This movie ticked a lot of boxes as far as, like, my Letterboxd lists. I have a bunch of, oh, like, yeah? themed lists. Yeah, I have okay. fake movies. Yeah. So, Austin Pussy. Uh, I have a, a list of movies where you see the penis... Because we see breasts all the time. Like, you yeah. just can't stop with the breasts. Yeah. And I'm just like, show more casual hog. And most movies don't. Do you actually see a penis in this? Yes, technically you see Goldmember's penis. Okay. It's the key. It looks yes. exactly like the key yes. prop. I mean, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, you see his prosthetic wang. Sure. Um, And then, yeah, there's like a, a joke with like a, a peeing statue. Well, the thing of the movie is yeah. that, um, you know, the doomsday device controlled by a gold key gold key is a long smooth shaft with two round things on the bottom it kind of looks like an old turn key but very elongated so that it looks like a dick and balls Mm -hmm. so then when the good guys throw the key into the shark tank at the end gold member would be like it's okay i have a key it's my fucking weird penis and then he pulls out it's the thing that looks exactly like the key but i was like okay so technically that's his penis um quincy jones also in this oh yeah quincy jones gets kissed by mike myers yeah Mike Myers kisses him on the cheek yeah so weird he's uh conducting he's direct he's conducting the orchestra for the film within a film yeah and it's funny yeah and you know you kind of felt because in the first movie there's burt Bacharach, and the second movie the highlight Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello. Uh-huh. Great. My boy. And in the third one, you know, Mike Myers does the same thing he does in those first two, where he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Quincy Jones. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is the this is the upping the ante. Like, it's Burt Bacharach, mm-hmm. Burt and Elvis, and then Quincy Jones. Like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. that's fun. And shows, like, switching to a different 
era and milieu, you yeah. know, doing 70s sure. stuff now. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I like this. Burt Bacharach does get the, and ladies and gentlemen, Burt Bacharach at the end. When yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not mad about this. Like, it's yeah. fine. Burt Bacharach's great. Yeah. I got no problem with Burt Bacharach. Yeah. Burt Bacharach's back. Burt's, Burt's Bacharach. Then Britney Spears shows up. She's canonically a fembot. Yeah. And which I guess would explain some of her more erratic behavior. And lets them have kind of one of them group dance-offs that all the kids like. I guess. <laughs> they, they do do a musical number, which is cool. They, they do Sing in the Rain and, like, yeah. with the it, umbrellas, very, the different color umbrellas. It's really know, good. Yeah. That was my problem with the second one. The first one opens with a cool musical number, dance number, and the second one doesn't. I forget how it opens, but it's not as good. Well, the second one is him going through the hotel and then has them doing, like, the pool um, synchronized swimming thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. But... It's definitely more um, ornate in terms of, like, the set pieces around yeah, there's, it. Yeah, there's but so much there's business less... beforehand. Right, right. Whereas this one, it's just, like, one long joke of, like, you see the cool movie, it's Austin doing a bunch of really... I'll say... I'll do a pun here and say ostentatious things. Sure. You know... Yeah, there's a helicopter yeah, going he's, through Utah. He's, he's doing flips um, over a helicopter when he gets yeah. launched out of the Shaguar. Yeah, like, there's skydiving. Yes. There's, like, you know, a it's motorcycle very, chasing, it's, being chased by the helicopter. Right. It's all It's a Mission stuff. Impossible yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. With... An, it's it's yeah. like you modded a Mission Impossible game with an Austin Powers skin. Yeah. And so that that's why it's really funny when it's actually Tom Cruise. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's good. Yeah. And then you get it. I called it beforehand, by the way, because, again, I'm very smart. Yeah. Very movie smart. Not smart about anything else, really. No. I'm a good cook. I'm a decent writer. I'm a tremendous lover. Yes. Um, movie smart. But everything else, I'm real dumb. Ming-T returns. That's Austin Powers' fake band. Yeah. Which includes Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Um, they're in the first one and they're in the third one, but they're not in the second one for some reason, which was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of do these, like interstitial things in the first one with them but in this one they perform the song daddy wasn't there which lets you know what the whole movie is going to be about mm-hmm. getting my dad's approval my dad's michael kane plays nigel yeah well because so um dr evil's got a whole thing and austin actually gets him in the first act and that's on his list of of things to do in life oh yeah is yeah catch him in the first act Dr. Evil goes this whole plan. There's uh, uh, an asteroid he's going to crash into Earth, blah, 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 blah. And Austin shows up and, and foils him. And um, Dr. Evil and Minnie Me are taken before the World Organization and are found guilty and imprisoned. So, yes. yeah. Um, Austin gets knighted by the Queen. I really thought he was going to um, punch her in the face and say, that's not the Queen, it's a man, baby. Because that's, oh. that's a runner in the first two movies. They yeah. don't bring it back. Yeah, they don't. That's not the Queen, it's a man, baby. Um, It'd be funny if it actually was. But yeah. And it was Prince Charles. That's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's not a good joke. But yeah. So it is one. Though. He gets knighted. His father isn't there. Well, your daddy wasn't there. And we see Daddy that, wasn't there. Yeah. And we see that he's got a list of things to do before I die, which are become international man of mystery, crossed yep. out. Yep, did that. Save the world from certain doom, crossed out. Find true love, crossed out. I guess. Go to outer space, crossed did out. That. Travel through time backward and forward. Did that. Be cryogenically good. frozen. Yeah. Catch Dr. Evil in the first act. Hey, aren't we all traveling through time forward? But also backward. Right, right, I but mean, I'm saying, like, you don't have to specify. We're all traveling forward. Oh, sure. Catch Dr. Evil in the first act, and then we see him scratch off threesome with Japanese twins. Right, because this is the thing that bothers me, is because Japanese shit and, and it has never been a thing in the 
franchise until this point. Yeah. But in this, it's two different jokes. It's this joke. A fangirl comes up. And, like, I get it's playing with the Bond um, thing of, like, all the girls have audacious names. And it's, you know. So her name is Fook Me. And um, that's very funny. Okay. Sure. That's fine. I What I do appreciate about this, it is ostensibly uncomfortably racist. Again, I'm willing to give it kind of a pass because it's playing in the realm of these name yeah, parody things. Playing, but playing with the name and sort of doing a who's on first yeah, thing with thing, it. It's not quite as obviously it's not quite as clever. Yeah, and it's definitely not quite as clever because it's mm-hmm. not it's not it's blue. But yeah, so um, but I will give the movie points for act- actively being horny the way the first movie was and the second movie was not. Sure, it's very like. It's the very second movie's about impotence, so yes, that's which, the which is weird because it should be hornier, right? It should be actively hornier. Well, and and it's that his love interest is supposed to be the horny one, but uh, we're we're not quite tapping into that. No, as well, it's very performative. Without Heather Graham is not comedic. selling. Right, she's doing a lot of like, we could fuck. Yeah. Like dialogue, and he's like, oh, a cat baby, because my fucking mojo's not showing or whatever, and we're like, okay, we get it. And that's the whole movie. But, like, she keeps being like, mm, you should see me on my back. And, like, that's, like, the whole... And, but her delivery is not great. Yeah. So, but I, I, I appreciated the return to, like, just that, like, American Pie level of just, like, just, just horniness. Yeah. I mean... So then she has a twin sister. Her name is Fuku. And they do a lot of things with that. And then they're going to have a threesome. And then Basil shows up and is like, Austin, your dad's been kidnapped. When Austin was knighted, dad was not there. There was a sign on the chair that said, reserved for Nigel Powers. Then we did that. And then we're doing this. And so oh. he's like, oh, my father was kidnapped. That explains why I wasn't at my coronation. And he's like, oh, actually, no, sorry, Austin. He was kidnapped afterwards. Yeah. Um, Which is, like, kind of funny, but it's, like, it's just a hat on a hat at this point. Like, we get it. We get the theme. Like, let's just go. Yeah. Let's get on the road. I'd, I'd be more forgiving of this joke if we weren't doing it the whole time. But okay. a lot of this movie is devoted to being in Japan and making Well, that's the other jokes. thing is there's a whole second... Yeah. Yeah. Whole because... second thing where they go to Japan, there's a ton of just, like, hey, it's Japanese. Which is, like, it's fucked. The only funny thing. The only funny thing. Is the Godzilla joke. Is the Godzilla joke because they... <laughs> Like, because it starts off and you're just like, well, Jesus Christ. it's not Christ. even a joke about that. It's a joke about, like... Copyright. We've got Godzilla, but it's not really Godzilla because right. of copyright. Yeah, it's he, the stick he, it to, you know, that thing. Right. You know? He's yeah. in uh, he's in his car and the car crashes, like, into the bottom of, like, I guess it's like a float or something of a big lizard, right? Yeah. And it honestly looks more like the big lizard in my backyard Dead Milkman album cover than it does Godzilla. Yeah, that's um, very true. And it's, it starts... it's got like big dinosaur energy more than anything else. Right. It doesn't look it doesn't look a fucking thing like Godzilla. Yeah. So then it starts driving with this float wedged on top of it. And then they add in a bunch of ADR dinosaur noises. And of course an Asian gentleman runs by and says, Run, it is Godzilla. And then Masioka yeah. from Heroes. Uh-huh. And lately, of Bullet Train uh-huh. shows up and goes, "Well, it's not actually Godzilla because of copyright reasons. It's just a giant lizard that looks a little bit like Godzilla, and that's funny." Yeah, uh, Hunter also has a very soft spot for this specific joke. What legally not things? Yeah. Yes, legally I do. not things, and also specifically legally not Godzilla. <laughs> I do love a Godzilla. Yeah. And I do love fake Godzillas. Yeah. 
Um, and I do like that immediately after this, they cut to a wide shot in which there is a full-size fucking Charmander running around. And I was like, okay, so legally we cannot have Godzilla, yeah. but we do just have yeah. Charmander. There's a guy in a suit being a full-ass Pokemon, but that was that was cool. We were able to slip that one past. So whoever. weird. The other thing is, like, there's a subtitle joke, but that's... The subtitle joke was a little funny because it's playing with... Subtitles. It's yeah, playing with, with Yeah, right. And that, yeah. That, that's why, like, that could... That, it, they happen to be doing it in Japan. Yeah. It could have been anywhere. Now the whole joke is that they're white titles, and so they disappear against white background. Yeah. So the joke is that like he'll say a thing, and it looks like he said a foul thing until he's like, "What?" And then he closes his cigar box or whatever, and it's on dark wood now, and you can see the full phrase. Right. That's kind of the joke. Yeah. It's I have a huge rod, and it's rodent problem. We do have Fat Bastard as a sumo wrestler. I mean, Fat Bastard is problematic just as a whole. He's terrible. He's terrible. Every time he shows up in both movies that he's in, he's in the second or third movie. It's either fatphobic jokes or it's shit jokes. It's fatphobic jokes or just like disgusting jokes that don't match the tone of the movie. The movie's not gross. It's not gross out humor. Yeah. So to have him show up and be like, I took a shit and there was a fucking, I ate a baby. He's looking at the toilet and he's like, I didn't eat any corn. And I'm like, this is not funny. Like, it doesn't match the tone. It doesn't match anything about these movies. It's like they flew it in from a different fucking worse movie. It's just bad. It's just bad. Again, it's a spy pastiche. So you want to have Mike Myers do his Scottish thing? Have him play like a shitty older spy mm-hmm. who's like a version of Sean Connery because he's doing a Sean Connery like ish accent so yeah. just have him be like a drunk or he's riddled with syphilis from fucking everybody on every job like something like any spy type James Bond type joke mm-hmm. but we don't need a big dumb fat suit and I mean then you can even make a joke about how Sean Connery is supposed to be like this British secret agent but he's not even doing the British accent no yeah 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 you know who's Scottish and does a great British accent David Tennant. David Tennant. <laughs> He's been doing his Scottish accent a lot more, though. He's been doing a lot of voice work and stuff. Well, yeah, he did his time as Doctor Who. Yeah. Now he can yeah. be Scottish again. <laughs> he was also in the Harry Potter movies. Kinda. Yeah, doing a British accent. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah. Kinda. Um, I think... Bertie Crouch Jr. I think there's a movie... Why do I know that? I don't even like Harry Potter. You know why? Because it's David Tennant. That's why. Yeah, Fat Bastard Sumo. It's, it's a bad. bad sequence. Yeah. There, there's a good joke in it. Like the wire work joke. Duh. It's written predominantly, you know, it's written to be like, oh, I'm so fat. The wire broke doing a wire work thing. But like it, that could have worked if you didn't have Fat Bastard, if you had any other character that could have worked and been funny. Yeah. Like it's a funny enough joke that it would have been good. Like yeah. if it was just. Again, anything that's like making a nod to movies or how movies are made tends to be pretty funny. It's when. Now, the, you're... yeah, wire work's not really in the spy no milieu at all but like no i think it might be because they're in japan, japan. we're doing wire work. we're doing crouching tiger jokes yes, yes. which is like mm-hmm. and it's like dude even when fucking sean connery went to japan it was not good no no he goes under in case you haven't seen i think it's only lived twice maybe uh he goes to japan sean connery's like six foot four goes to japan goes undercover as an asian man with a fake identity it's an asian name they give him some fucking real questionable Asian eye makeup and mm-hmm. um but also he's six foot four and most Asian men are not. Yeah. So the whole thing also he won't even do an English accent playing an English spy. So he's definitely not doing a realistic anything appropriating an accent. He's just like, Yes, I'm Chinese now, I guess. That's right. Uh, uh 
we're gonna go. And it's just and, he, and then it's just terrible. They don't need to do it. And then he infiltrates a you know spa or whatever. And the whole thing, you're just like, this is bad. And I don't like it. So even when the real Bond went to you know Asia at all, it was bad. And I know they've gone back since, and it's been way less problematic. But also, it's a different era, and I get that. But this was not. This was 2001 you were filming eh. this. I mean, I know Pierce Brosnan did that whole thing with, like, nukes or whatever with the guy that had diamonds in his face. And, like, that wasn't a good was one. Wasn't his name just Diamond Face? <laughs> Is that I, not? I, I think his I name's think literally was, Diamond yeah. Face. I think it was. God, the, James Bond used I mean, to be so stupid. I mean, yeah, also, poor Pierce Brosnan. I liked him as Bond, but he only had one good movie, and, and then the rest of them were real questionable. Had some good music choices. Oh, yeah. If you're going to do just a lazy parody of a song for Goldmember, it should have been Shirley Bassey's Goldfinger, because it would have been way funnier if all you changed was the word finger to the word member, because the lyrics to Goldfinger are like... Goldfinger, you know, such a cold finger. So that would be way funnier if it was Goldmember. Like, it would. That would fit with the fucking, you know, the style of jokes they're doing about his golden dick. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my fucking schlong is so weird. Isn't that weird? He says, like, three times in the movie, I'm from Holland, isn't that weird? Well, again, I think that was the thing that they thought was very funny. Right, but you gotta edit out two of them. It's got to be, you got to put it the place where it's the funniest and leave it there. Yeah. Because no. it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't benefit from a rule of threes thing. It doesn't get funnier the third time you bring it back or whatever. And it doesn't work as a callback. You know what works as a callback? They do a bit. Uh, he's introduced in the roller disco. He comes out and he's on roller skates. And he does this thing where he pulls his, it's a close shot, like chest up. And he pulls his leg all the way up, like parallel to his head. Yeah. And that's a funny joke because Mike Myers is probably not that limber. No one's that limber. And so they bring it back a couple of times throughout yeah. the movie, repeatedly. Yeah. And in one fight scene, he pulls his one leg up and hits, I think it's Foxy. Yeah. But then he pulls up the other one as well, so he's got both of them up, and it's yeah. just well, like it's a... that he does one... Well, it's it's that he, he does that while he's skating, then there's a time where he does that and hits somebody in the face and they let him go and then he tries to do that with her and she dodges and then she dodges it again and then he does both Both. of them to get her yeah yeah and it's a you know it's that like like, how how is he up because he's got both like that right Right. and it's progressive where yeah right that worked and i was like that's actually pretty funny like that actually like won me over it's just like a it's a nothing joke the first time it's like oh that's fine but as it goes on they made more of it and it worked We've been going at this for a little bit. Let's go quickly through the plot. As you said, Dr. Evil is incarcerated. He's in the Hannibal or I Magneto prison. Yeah. And his something. What what happens in the, the, the all the sailors on a submarine, all their dicks are now gold. And yeah, yeah. I don't remember yeah, what the it's actual. That something was they were they were transporting the technology that I think that they were transporting the technology that he wanted it's a tractor to beam, right yes yes okay. he's going to pull a solid gold meteorite called midas 22 and crash it into the polar ice caps to melt them causing flooding okay flooding so the, the uh so the tractor beam materials are on the submarine or ship or whatever and that's hijacked by a mysterious villain who coats all the sailors junk in gold and Austin and Basil go like, well, you know, we don't know this supervillain, but you know who thinks like a supervillain? Dr. Evil. And then they go visit him. And his thing is in exchange for the information on your, on your baddie, um, I want to be put in regular prison so I can be with Minnie me who I love, which Mm -hmm. is adorable. 
Because Mini-Me is like right on the line the whole time of both movies. It's right on the line of like, is this offensive or is it not? Because sometimes they treat him like a goddamn animal. I don't think it's like a little person derogatory joke. I think it's supposed to be that the cloning process has made him feral. <laughs> I think that's that's how I read it. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, what's funny is that in, in this one, he has agency because he leaves... Mm-hmm the evil organization ultimately yeah, yeah. so yeah, maybe like, he gets like a character arc yeah this, because which is great because scotty you know finally wins over his dad by giving him sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads which scott only starts trying to agrees to take over the family evil business because he starts losing his hair yeah that's what it, that's how it's like one line of dialogue where they're like oh the arc that you know, Scott has had for two movies of like, I hate my evil dad is now gone because he started losing his hair and realized he's gonna be bald. So he should be evil. But that's the only like character development is like, oh, he started losing his hair. So then they just do a bunch of funny bald caps on, uh, on Seth Green, which is fun. Yeah. It's good. He and Dr. Evil start actually having like more of a relationship yeah. and that ends up getting mini me feeling like he's getting edged out. Right. And so, you know, and, and part of it's also like they have a, a scene with Michael Caine being like, you know, oh, yeah, you know. Uh, Michael Caine's playing all sides. So yeah. when Mini-Me escorts him to his prison cell, he's like, you're the real, you know, brains of this operation. Yeah, am I it's right? terrible how they're treating you. And having, yeah, that whole arc is, is interesting. And, yeah, I think kind of pushes it more into like, OK, we're treating, you know. Yeah, he's a character. And like person. a real character. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is there's definitely parts of this that like work. It's just that there's so much other crap that doesn't that like it can't. It's not a. <laughs> it's not an overall win. No, this movie feels <laughs> like the like you know thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters thing. Yeah, where it's just like you didn't have a vision. Yeah, you just it, threw everything you could at this, and some of it works and some of it doesn't. Right, it almost feels like the parts that they got right, they got right on accident, which is not a good. Right, because they look. didn't know it was going to work, or else the right. whole movie would be that. Right, but it's not. It's got Fat Bastard in silhouette looking at a toilet going, I didn't eat corn. The other shit joke of this is... Uh, Literally? In- or Introducing Fred Savage as a uh, double agent. Yes, Fred Savage is number two's number two, so he's number three. He has a big mole on his lip. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, secretly, he is a mole. He is a mole, yes. And the thing is, like, yeah, in general, we're taking shots at, you know, the movie industry a lot here. I mean, the whole evil organization thing, it's that they're a talent agency. Which they don't play up time. at all. I clocked it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, we're taking a lot of shots at, you know, the whole how, yeah, his, how movies his, get made. His, uh, Dr. Evil's base in the first movie is what? I don't remember. I, I mean, it's in a volcano, right? No, it's no? the second one. The second, second one is a volcano one. with his face on what it. What is the first one? I mean, they it's end just up, in the desert. They end up at a moon base, but, it's like... Just, under the desert. Okay. But the second one, it's a volcano with his face on it, and yeah. then it's a moon base. Mm-hmm. And the third one, it's he's behind the Hollywood sign. Oh, but yeah, but it and then it's with a him, submarine yeah. behind the Hollywood sign. Yeah. Anyway, the whole yeah. joke is that number two, Robert Wagner, um, is like we could make plenty of money legitimately still being evil because the world is shit. No, wait, isn't the second one the Space Needle that's a Starbucks, or is it that and then also a volcano? I think it's that and also a volcano. Yeah. Oh, okay. The talent agency. I thought they were oh. going to do a, like a fun thing of like, Dr. Evil, I've been combing through the, you know, talent applicants for possible evil henchmen. Mm. And then you could do like a five minute bit of like, look at A, stunt casting and B, wacky characters you don't actually have to follow up on. Kind of parodies of like James Bond things, but also just like weird shit 
in general. Mm-hmm. You know, like they had Random Task, who was a parody of Odd Job in, in the first movie, yeah. who throws his shoe as opposed to his bowler hat. Yeah. And like this could be shit like that, where it's like, oh, it's this guy. And he random throws... Task really worked for you, too. Dude, Random <laughs> Task is a funny name. It's a funny bit. Who throws his shoe? That really hurt, honestly. Like, that's funny. Everybody likes it. Odd Job is great, so parodying Odd Job just works. Yeah, you could do a Jaws send up. But, yeah. uh, you know, might just be somebody with, like, hardcore headgear Right, or it could be, like, a little girl with braces. Yeah. And then that's funny. Yeah. Like, and, like, not even, like, the big henchmen, just, like, the archetype things. Yeah. You know, and but, but also you could be like, oh, this guy's a juggler or whatever, you know, and do a juggler bit. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. And, they just you never, need to have a thing. Right, because you never yeah. have to follow up on it. Like, sure. they never even have to appear after yeah. that. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, they're, they're going to do this. And they didn't do it. Like, um, Mystery Men has that bit where they're, like, they're auditioning oh. all the potential new members. Yeah, yeah. And it's just people showing up with dumb names and dumb gimmicks and yeah. whatever. And it's like, oh, it's kind of funny. Like, whatever. This could be that. Yeah. And then said so they didn't even do that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's stuff that only has to work for 30 seconds. Right. You know? So, yeah, it was weird. I, now that you mentioned the, the talent agency, I was like, oh, yeah, I expected that scene. I never got it. Yeah. So that's weird. But, yeah, like, yeah. Robert Wagner being like, I've been been combing through the, the talent applicants and um, this person, this person, this person, and Dr. Evil, I now want to show you the evilest, deadliest, potentially the most life-threatening possible mm-hmm. applicant. And, like, open it. It's like a little old lady. And then, you know, then you give her, like, some weird backstory or, you know, she's fucking, you know, throws a knitting needle like a fucking ninja, like pinpoint accuracy or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's a good goof. And then they can literally blow up the whole fucking building and they all die and it doesn't matter. But, like, you get five minutes out of that bit and you can stunt cast the granny. Betty White as the killer granny throws a fucking knitting needle like a fucking, you know, ninja star. Like, that's that's a good gag and everybody likes it. Good call. Yeah. Well, I'll mention, welcome back to the show, Nathan Lane. Playing the guy in the club that Foxy uses as, like, a mouthpiece so that it looks like Austin is talking to Nathan Lane. It's a good little appearance. So Dr. Evil and Mini-Me escape from prison. Yeah, after doing a rap music video yeah, thing. Yeah, the guys in prison are not on board with helping him escape. And then yeah. he's like, well, let me tell you how it is. And then they do a rap that's actually really goddamn funny. It is. And here's why it's funny. It's so exactly the era of pop rap music. Because there's, like, whole chunks of it that are just edited out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is a thing that always bothered me. Like, I, I, I get that, like, you say shit, and the radio people don't want really to say shit, so they bleep shit. But, like, if you're writing, you know, a song, and the whole verse is, like, and a bunch of, like, really graphic sex shit, and some murder shit, and whatever, and whatever, and you just do that for, like... 12 bars you can't pick that to be your radio single because you know that's getting fucking cut either Mm -hmm. re-record a clean version like a bitch or pick a different song if you think you're such a goddamn good musician and they perfectly parody that it actually really works and then afterwards the entire prison like cell block is like yeah okay we'll help you escape yeah but then the thing that bothered me is like you know because it starts leaning into music video parody and so one of the shots in the music video is like dr evil and mini me all like you know not in prison clothes, like in streetwear, on a motorcycle, on like a Bugatti, like, you yeah. know, fucking They're riding. wearing those fluffy hats that were a thing for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, like, look. fluffy bucket hats. Yes. You know, they're doing that, and that's part of the video. But then when they escape, that's the shot they use. Yeah. And I was just like, that doesn't fucking make any sense. That's so fucking no. lazy. They just didn't figure out how they were going to leave the prison, or they forgot to shoot that part, or they ran out of money. So they just reused the shot from the video. And I was like, fuck that, dude. Oh, they do a thing that just bothers me in everything. It's not even like a particular... 
Foxy has a gun trained on Goldmember. They 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 find you know they they get the information from Doctor Evil that it's Goldmember. They find out where Goldmember is because Foxy's been keeping tabs on him. She goes with Austin, so she's got a gun trained on him. He's like, "Well, you can't arrest me because your dad is on a death trap or whatever." So then Austin has to go rescue his dad, and I'm just like, "Just shoot!" I say this all the time in every fucking movie, every fucking standoff. Shoot that motherfucker in the knees. He's like, oh, you can't possibly stop me now. And then just put a fucking bullet in each knee. I guarantee he's not going anywhere. Then you can rescue your dad. Then you can come back and he will have crawled like three feet. And you're still good. You're still totally good. You know what you don't need to tell me the details of your plan? Fucking knees, dude. I I don't need you to walk. We actually also do a subtitle joke. But it's not even really subtitle joke. It's a cockney joke, kind of. Oh, with him and uh, yeah, Austin and his dad. Yeah, should, should we speak in act in real English or whatever? And yeah, then doing like a whole Cockney nonsense. Yes, um, and I I have no idea if all of it is actual slang because I was reading the subtitles and trying to yeah. follow it, but like some of it's so, legit. And yeah, some of it some I recognize. It's intentionally supposed to be like just really out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up the stairs it says the apples and pears, yeah. and like that's the thing I've heard a bunch. Like, and yeah, it's just fun. I mean, Michael Caine's charming. I like watching Michael Caine and, and Mike Myers goof around together there should have been more of that in this movie like yes. i understand what the arc is and but this movie's overstuffed yes yeah we're doing a lot of set pieces we're not this they add you know, they add too many we're characters doing of, we're doing a lot of cameos we're yeah we have returning characters we have new characters there's a lot of things happening right yeah mini me switches sides because of the scott evil thing dr evil submarine looks like him we talked about I like, his plan i like that the propeller is just his feet doing a little Kick-y. like paddle kick yeah, yeah it's, it's really fine it's yeah. totally i was the, like oh the design is fun yeah i was like that's crazy and like i like it the only yeah. thing i don't like is they just do a bunch of butt jokes with um it. it reminds me of the old school um like batman the animated series when the penguin would have like penguin shaped things <laughs> sure. and stuff yeah sure <laughs> his hideouts always have his dumb weird face yeah. You know, I noticed in this one, he, he doesn't have the lazy, not lazy, but the droopy lid. Oh. Usually yeah. his one eye is like half closed. Yeah. And I don't know if they didn't do it because it was like too much makeup or too hard to act in or something. Yeah, I don't know. Or whatever. But like, yeah, he's just got like two regular, regular eyes. And, you know, I mean, he's got like blue contacts or whatever, but like. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, because like, well, he's doing, you know, three now. So that brings me to my big now. problem here. Okay, so Dr. Evil in the first movie has a hilarious monologue. And again, it's parodying and putting a twist on stuff from Bond films, from spy films. It's the villain monologue, right? It's the, why are you so evil? Yeah, it's him in group with Scott right, talking well, that's about the thing. Like, his... Uh... It's him talking about his childhood and how he was, was raised to be evil. They made me as evil yeah. as possible. My father right? was a Belgian. My mother was a... 15 year old you know 15 year old love slave with webbed feet like and you're like oh okay cool but the fact that it's not in his lair it's yeah it's in family group therapy with his son right and carrie fisher by the way is the therapist was great Mm -hmm. but like it's just like that's a funny change of that like it's a funny juxtaposition and that's what makes that i mean that makes that scene work also the speech is insane ritualistically shaved my testicles you know and like uh, my father, you know, was insane. He frequently claimed to have invented the question mark. That sort of thing. Like, and I was like, boy, that's fucking whole. It's really funny. It's really well delivered. It's the right level of, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they're just like, oh. Well, yeah, he just it's... goes like, my adopted family. And Frau's like, oh, you were adopted? He's like, yes, did I not tell you anyway? And it's like, oh. 
Like, it's just so lazy to be like, well, we have to explain how they're, their brother, their brothers, because... Yeah, 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 they're doing more strong retconning here than... And it's not even that, like, oh, Nigel was a spy and he fucked my mother on a mission. No. It's it's straight up, like, we were brothers, we were in the same car. Yeah, they're not even half-brothers, they are legitimately brothers, brothers. Right. yeah. The car exploded, apparently Austin was thrown clear, and Dr. Evil was encased in his mother's burning corpse and it created a cocoon of gore that saved him which is the story that he tells originally in the movie and then later on all we find out is that austin was thrown clear while michael kane was peeing in the river and um also young young michael kane young nigel is played by scott aukerman (laughs) yeah yeah which i was like wow really oh boy they do a flashback to them at like evil college or not evil college like spy college where they're trying to figure out who's going to be uh voted international man of mystery yeah and so you have young austin yeah it's like a british boarding school yes yeah you have young austin young dr evil young nigel and young number two not young nigel young young uh basil uh, uh, Basil, yes and they're all so well cast yeah it's like fucking crazy yeah i have their names here yeah like i I got it i I looked to see if i knew anybody i think it's that the guy that's playing dr evil looks like he could be a culkin but he isn't okay but so young Austin is Aaron Himmelstein, uh, young Dr. Evil is Josh Zuckerman, young Basil is Eddie Adams, and young number two is Evan Farmer. And they're all fucking really good. Yeah, they're, they all they're just do, nailing it. Yeah, they yeah. all do really good impressions and uh, the mannerisms and the mode mm-hmm. of speech of all those characters. Yeah. Now, to be fair, this is a huge yeah. movie for kids that age. Right. Like, and so if you're an actor, you're still like, oh, I love this movie. And then they're well, like, hey, do you want to do an impression of this? You know. And also they're all put on by Mike Myers. I'm sure he can coach people. Yeah, sure. You know? But, like, the the guy doing young Robert Wagner, young number two, is fucking great. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's just like, hello, Dr. Evil, I'm, you know. Yeah. Like, because they're, they're reading who got the most scores or whatever, and he's like, yeah. he's like, oh, I got yeah. the high score of number one. And he's like, oh, really? I'm number two. And you're like, yeah. ah, ha, 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 ha. And it's really funny, and it yeah. works. So I wanted to point those guys out. That's a really good, really good performance. Yeah. Austin and Dr. Evil are brothers. And it kind of works because they're played by the same actor, Mike Myers. But then the fact that you have a third character in this movie, four characters in this movie, two other characters played by Mike Myers. It's it just, muddies the water for you there. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, well, and they're always talking, you know, they're talking about like, we're Belgian and whatever. And Belgian shares, a, Belgium shares a, a yeah. border with the with the Dutch. And, Pour one out for my homies in Bruges. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, okay, so, but he's from Holland, gold member's from Holland, but he's not related to you guys, but you all look exactly alike. I'm like, I just, it's just so dumb. If they were the two characters who were played by the same actor and then it was revealed that they were brothers, that would work, but then you'd have to have somebody else playing gold member. Yeah. Or don't do it because it's dumb and don't do it. Like, it would honestly work better as just a movie and be funnier overall if in the final fight, Dr. Evil realizes that maybe he's got too much to lose because he's got a relationship with his son now, he doesn't want to flood the world, so he helps the powers, you know, stop Goldmember. Mm-hmm. And you could have Michael Caine and, you know, Dr. Evil have a scene, you know, where, you know, he's like, give me, you know, like, whatever. And Michael Caine's going to fall in the shark tank. Like, give me your hand, I'll pull you up, you know, like, whatever. And, you know, do a spy movie thing like that. Mm-hmm. Pull him up and have Michael Caine be like, you know, Thank you very much, son. And like pat him on the back and have, you know, Dr. Evil be like, oh, you know, like, that's it. Like, that's all you got to do. You don't have to be like, we're related. You could just be like, oh, people can be nice to me. 
Is that perfect? No. But is it better than We Were Brothers all along? Yes, definitely. 100%. Yes, 100%. Please send the checks to, and I'll drop the P.O. box right here. Well, so, this might be a good time to point out, apparently there was going to be another sequel. Yeah, well, they're still apparently working on a fourth one. Yes. uh, Mike Myers has been claiming from 2005 till 2020 that, like, stuff was in the works, they have a concept, the next movie's gonna focus more on Dr. Evil. At some points he said he had a script, on other points it was just that, like, they had ideas for it. Sure. Even Jay Roach said that plans were being made to do another one, even in the wake of, um, Vern Troyer's death and all that. Sure, like, yeah. yeah. But it's been a minute, so... It has been a minute. And in that minute, Jay Roach and Michael Myers collaborated on a cinematic masterpiece known as The Love Guru. Yeah. Fuck that movie. That movie's fucking trash. I didn't see it, so... I watched it... I knew I was not gonna like it. Yeah. But it was... I was like, I'm gonna watch it. It was on HBO. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. And it's fucking atrocious. It's every bad joke in this. Mm-hmm. You, like, you know how I said earlier that like it feels like Fat Bastard was like flown in from a different movie? Yeah. He was like flown in from The Love Guru. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a movie where all the bad jokes in this should have gone to play. And it should never be released. It should have been fucking Batgirled. Where they spent 90 million fucking dollars making it. And then they're just gonna shelve it. That should be The Fucking Love Guru. The fact that The Love Guru got released and Batgirl has not yet been released is insane. Also, the fact that they're going to release The Flash, despite the fact that Ezra Miller is a fucking lunatic, that's also crazy. Fight me, Ezra. I know you want to, you fucking lunatic. Come at me, I'll shoot you in the knees. <laughs> All the, the powers is so Austin and his mini-me, because now mini-me, having switched sides, is dressed like Austin Powers in the crushed velvet suit, and um, Foxy, and Dr. Evil, and Nigel. Is that it? Is that everybody? Now they're all they're all buds. Yeah, well and and Scott's like, you know, what? Yeah, it yeah. ends it ends with like the Scott Evil's gonna be the villain thing and he's in like a black Nehru jacket. Yeah. And he's bald now. He's back in the Hollywood sign. He's back in the Hollywood sign and yeah, and I was like, I could I could go for this. Yeah. Like I could go for and now the evil one is Scott. I wouldn't be mad about that. I like Seth Green. I you know, he's kind of from around here yeah yeah see jersey like in the city oh allison's googling it yeah i was seeing oh also i just looked at the um in the trivia this is our googling music yeah but in in the trivia i actually just because i didn't read the trivia at this time um i just saw that uh sean connery was considered to play <laughs> nigel powers and i was like 100%, oh 100 yeah. i could have told you that i, yeah. I would put well, you, money you, on it you said it yeah I'm sure that was a consideration. Hey, do you think we can get Sean Connery? I'm bashing on this. Because I shit around. Oh. Do nothing. Yeah, he was born in Overbrook Park. Yeah, I got nothing I got nothing but love for a hometown yeah. boy, Seth Green. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, I could, I could go for this. Him as the villain. Reboot the whole... Th- not reboot, but like, revamp the whole thing. Have Robert Wagner stay on as number two. To be like, I'm going to guide young Scott Evil. And Frau as his mom, maybe. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. And she can be sneaking off to, you know, have sexual dalliances with Dr. Evil, who's now a good guy. Mm-hmm. Dr. Evil, the good guy. That's fun. And then he gets a whole new cast of, like, colorful assassins, like in the first movie, you know. Mm-hmm. It can be Lucky Charms, but it can be, like, maybe not racially motivated, you know, puns and things. That'd be fun. Professional wrestlers, like, give him a weird job and that's his fucking assassin thing. Yeah. Be fun. Get a bunch of pro wrestlers. More pro wrestlers need to be in movies. Yeah. 
And you don't got to make them all leads. They're not all going to be John Cena where you're like, oh, this guy can carry a movie. But like, yeah. or The Rock or... or Yeah, no. But they know how to build a Batista, character and Batista. be compelling. Because right. they have to. But like, you put them in this, mm-hmm. a giant beefy guy playing some dumb one-note villain, that's funny. Yeah. And you know, then you got Seth Rollins. Seth gets Rollins that... a pyromaniac. Right. Seth Rollins gets to like, you know, get a couple of weeks vacation working on a movie, having fun, and then he goes back to work. Yeah. You know, doing his fucking kicking people or whatever. Yeah, Britt Baker is a dentist, and all the nerds on IMDb can be like trivia. Britt Baker's she, actually a dentist. Britt Baker's actually a dentist and a professional wrestler. That's kind of where the movie ends, and then we are at the premiere, and we get John Travolta playing Gold Member. Yeah, and that's kind of it, and the movie's over. And he gets to say, "I'm from Holland." Isn't isn't such that weird? weird? And like, he clearly is having <sighs> the time of his life. Yeah, which is great. Should have been Nick Cage, whatever. Um, <laughs> no big deal. Um, so, I'm a loud boy. Isn't that weird? I fucking, I hate that they use that line three times. Because it's kind of funny the first time. It probably would have been funnier the third time, I think, is the funniest one. Mm-hmm. It's like the right time for him to, because he kind of throws it away. Yeah, they're doing a bit where they're like, I don't understand what you're saying or whatever. So I'm like, Yafasha. Yafasha. Right. And... Austin yeah. Powers is Faja. Faja. And they're like, He's I, don't, dead. I, don't underst- I don't understand what you're saying because of your accent. He's like, I know I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? Like, the way he throws it away is really funny. Sure. And that would have been the best one. Yeah, let's talk about the movie. Highs, lows. I mean, goods, bads, ups, downs. I mean, specific again. Specific things. Again, a lot of people in here doing good acting. Beyonce is good. Beyonce the, is good. The, the younger versions are good. The younger versions are very good. And Mike Myers is fucking committed to every character. Sure. Michael Caine's always fun to watch. Michael Caine's just sleepwalking, yeah. but like it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's not a criticism. It's he doesn't need to try for this. Yeah, it's great. he yeah. just plays a charming British yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, what a stretch. Vern Troyer still doing. Vern Troyer's actually he's really actually, good. He's you know he's doing a lot of stunt. And again, work he in this. doesn't talk. Yeah. So like he's doing a fucking mime performance. Yeah. Like that's I mean like you know he makes noise. He, yeah. Like, but like yeah he doesn't talk. It's all facial acting. Like yeah. it's very funny. Yeah. It's really good. Um, oh, we were talking about, briefly, I think we got, we got sidetracked. We were talking about the effects. Mm, yes. So let me do a high point and a low point effects-wise. And they're both Vern Troyer related. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. so Vern Troyer does this switch, right? Switches to switches sides. They've got number three, which is Fred Savage. He's got the mole. They've done a... Here's my problem with the mole joke. Sidebar. Mike Myers reacts to the mole the same way, whether he's Dr. Evil or Austin Powers. That's my problem. Yeah. He goes... Hah! It's the same thing. Hah! Every time. Well, they're brothers. <laughs> That's your first clue, Hunter. Do you, wow. Okay. I gotta rethink this whole thing. <laughs> fair, fair. You know what? Rescinded. They're they're brajas. Braja. Withdrawn. Withdrawn. Criticism withdrawn. Moving right along. Um, so he does his switch. He's in a hotel room. Number three goes out on the balcony to take a call from Basil or whoever. Yeah. And He's, uh, mini me's gonna open a letter with something, so he takes this little fucking decorative, like, katana letter opener, and he's trying to open the letter. And Austin walks in for this meeting, but he doesn't know what the meeting's about. The meeting is about welcome to the team, mini me, but he just sees mini me, a known villain, holding a knife. And mini me kind of smiles at him, like, eh? And he's holding the knife, and he goes, like, you know, bad guy, or whatever, and then they start fighting. Yeah. And like, Assassin! Yes, yeah. that's what it is. And they start fighting, and it's pretty good, you know, physical stuff. There's a there's a fucking match in this mo- in this shot or in the scene. It's so fucking good. 
they throw a baby doll mm-hmm. and it hits the wall and then it lands on the ground and then they like matched in Vern Troyer yeah. getting up from that position. Yeah. It's like seamless. It's yeah. so good. It's obviously a baby doll when it hits the wall and then it lands on the ground and when it stands up, it's Vern Troyer. It's so good. I was like, fuck, that was smooth. Yeah. And again, like I've been watching these FX videos. Yeah, FX videos. So I, uh, I mean, I probably would have caught it. I definitely would have caught it. I probably would have appreciated it before, but now I understand really how hard that is to do. And like, that's really impressive. Now on the other side of the coin, later on, they do a very, it's very good. I will give this joke credit. It's, we have to be in disguise. Austin and Minnie Me are sneaking through the facility. We have to be in disguise. There's only like one lab coat. One of us will have to ride on the other one's shoulders. And so you're like, I mean, you already know what this joke is. The joke is that Austin is going to be sitting on the shoulders of Minnie Me, right? So here's my thing. Practically, what this is, is, you know, Michael Myers, Mike, not Michael Myers, that's the killer. Mike <laughs> Myers is in a, a rig, so he's on wires, so he's weightless, and he's theoretically on Vern Troyer's shoulders. Yeah. So he's like three feet off the ground or whatever. Right. Yeah. So the idea is there's this coat with what looks like a big butt because it's, you know, Austin's bent legs like sitting yeah. on his shoulder and with tiny little Vern Troyer's legs coming out from underneath. Right. Yeah. And that's the, and that's great. That's totally fine. And I think that's funny and that works, but they like blue screened in the legs and the legs are so grainy. And I yeah. don't know if that's a choice or not. And I don't know if it's supposed to look like, 70s style effects but that's not an effect they would do that way in the 70s well, ever also the rest of the movie doesn't have 70s effects Effects, no that's the thing it's like so but in a movie where they have that match that we described a minute ago that's like amazingly good yeah to then have this thing that's grainy and shitty and bad i don't get it and also you could have easily done it practically because like mike myers has his legs bent so it's not like you know, it's not like, oh, you're maintaining, like, a realistic human profile. It's very, like, bulky and weird. You could easily have had a thing that Vern Troyer's holding on to underneath that could even have, like, a screen that shows him what, you know, he could, like, ahead of it. Because he's, like, underneath the coat, so he can't, quote-unquote, can't see out, you know? Yeah. But you could even have a thing that's wired up to show him what's in front of him. So he could actually, like, be moving and holding on to this thing. And it could have all been done practically and it's crazy that they went with the, it's got to be way more ex, like expensive and complicated green screening or blue screening process to do it. It looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, yeah, so I don't get that at all. That was a weird one. So yeah, that's my effects, Hunter's Effects Corner. What do I you want to talk about? What did you like? I liked the music, even if you thought parts of it were lazy. I thought a lot of it was generally good. I think it, yeah, I think it sounds and, good. But like, yeah. just having a Britney Spears song in it is like nothing. That's it's not sure. Good. Sure. She should have yeah. been covering something from the 70s. Should have been covering, uh, or like the 60s. Like, have her cover, uh, hey but, there, Georgie girl. You know, like, yeah. But it'd be like all sexy, like Britney. This is, this is her like dancing with a snake phase. Like, yeah. Hey there. Georgie girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so liked that. Liked a lot of the acting. Thought Beyonce was, you know. Do you want to talk? Okay, I've been trying to get you to talk about other. You're talking about broad strokes, but like, do you want to talk about the joke now? Oh, yeah, dude. We didn't. 
because that's not even a part that I necessarily really like very much. It's just like this. <laughs> you have a thing. funny story, and yeah. I keep trying to set you up to talk okay. about anything, and you're just like, "Sorry, music's good, the cinematography," and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, but okay. like, what's the?" <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize that's what you were getting at. Okay, <laughs> well, so I thought, before we started re-recording, you're like, "Oh yeah, you want to talk about this and that, the yeah, car yeah, and yeah. that." Yeah, I didn't. Okay, so. In the whole, like, car chase sequence with the Godzilla and stuff, because there's, like, yeah, a thing where they're going after Goldmember. Oh, yeah, his weird car. Yeah. Yeah, I... he's, it's it's called, like, a Cobalt something, but it's it's akin to the Reliant Robin for any it's of you. It's a Corbin. Oh, Corbin. Corbin yeah. Robin or Cor... No, it's, yeah, it's a Corbin Sparrow. Corbin Sparrow. And so it's similar to the Reliant Robin for those, um you know, Top Gear fans, except that it's two wheels in front and one wheel in back versus the one wheel in front, two wheels in back. Yeah. Um, But it's got a weird shape. Yes. And when they first show it, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a dick joke because it's Goldmember's car. He's got a golden penis. It's going to be like, it's going to look like two two balls in the front with the two wheels and then like a shaft in the back. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, but like, it's pretty fucking abstract. It looks like Mac Tonight's head. Like, I don't get it. I don't get what the additional shit they added to the car. It's like this big curvy tail over, like, that curves up over yeah. top of it. I was wondering if it was supposed to be like a Dutch clog kind of. Dude, it looks thing. like a genie slipper, not a Dutch clog. Yeah. No, I know. You're right. Another weird thing about the Corbin Sparrow is it was one of the earliest electric powered cars. Oh, sweet. Isn't that weird? <laughs> right yeah it's it's a single oh your government car. keeps trying to keep down the electric cars isn't that weird i think it's the stone cutters are doing it they literally say who holds back the electric car yeah also who makes steve gutenberg a star also you know we who know. the original stone cutters were who uh barbers that uh would cut out kidney stones were Ooh. called stone cutters oh that's horrible so yeah, weird car. Anybody knows? Anybody can explain what that car joke is? Does anybody know Mike Myers? Can anybody get a? You know, I don't even have to talk to him. He doesn't even have to know I exist. Can you get the message? Like, I would like to know what the deal is with the car shape. Continuing right along, Austin rescues his father. Yes, okay. His father's Austin. in bed with four women. Austin, this is uh, we mentioned before the speaking in English. English. Austin comes in and he's like, "Dad, you're all right. Did they hurt you?" Because he's rubbing his neck. And he mm-hmm. says something to the effect of, oh, I just I took a Viagra, but it got stuck in my throat. I've had a stiff neck for hours. So <laughs> the reason what's the, what's the thing Michael Myers and Michael Myers keeps, now Mike, now that I've had a couple of beers, I keep saying Michael, Michael. Myers. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Baby. Yeah. He looks at the penis pump just side-eyed. Yeah. Yeah. Looks at the, <laughs> looks at the penis pump and just... Cocks his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Evil's like, Austin Powers, get your ass out of there. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, oh, what's the thing that Mike Myers keeps saying throughout this movie? Is it thank you very much? Or it's, it's not thank you very much. It's something like that. Um, oh, I thank you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, he, which, this is the thing. This is why it feels more like the original Austin Powers than the sequel does. It's because he just threw in this thing that just fits the character and fits the tone, but isn't a parody or whatever. It's just like a weird quirk. It's mm-hmm. a weird character quirk that isn't there in the other ones. He just added mm-hmm. for this. But it's, you know, it feels like that kind of like, 
winking, nodding, like being self-aware, being fourth wall breaking. Yeah, but he well, says it after like all the really like dirty like entendres and puns. Yeah. So why this is personally relevant is that I had like an argument that went on for years about that line <laughs> because. Hey, audience, have you, have you ever had a friend and then you wanted to kill them? <laughs> I think this is that. Yeah. My my neighbor up the street, you know, would hang out with me and my brother pretty regularly. You want to name him? No. Neighbor of mine lived up the street. We watched this and he was convinced that neck was British slang for penis. And of course, my brother and I went, no, dude, you don't get the joke. <laughs> that could have been, you know, just said and done and, and, and left alone. Except that, like, this was the kind of thing that would just kind of periodically come back every few years. Yeah. Where somebody would bring it up and it would turn into like a five minute argument about like, oh yeah, because, you know, neck is British slang for penis. And we're like, no, dude, it's not. You just don't get the joke. All right. So the joke let's, is let's, that he's got a stiff neck. Let's break the joke down. So <laughs> the joke is I took a Viagra, but it got stuck in my throat and I've had a stiff neck for hours. So Viagra encourages erections. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if it got stuck in your throat, the, the neck is where the throat is located. Hunter, if you don't think that my brother and I didn't do this oh, already, no, 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 no. I'm then not you trying are to get fool. I'm not trying to get through to unnamed friend whose name rhymes with no. Let's call him Doctor No. Sure. I'm not he's trying to get. Definitely not a doctor. He's definitely not. Let's call him not Doctor No. <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to get through to not a Doctor No. I'm trying to explain to the audience just so we're all on the same page, and I know we are. I know we are. But I'm taking your hand gently and leading you into understanding how fucking dumb this is. Also, you can't see it unless you've seen the movie. In which case, why? But Michael, Michael Caine. Caine is rubbing his neck the whole time. Like he just got choked. You know, he's like, oh, that's yeah. all the clue that not a doctor no needs to understand. is like the like being able to read people's physical fucking like, you know, actions and understand what they mean. Yeah. Again, it was every couple of years. We'd have so, this right, argument right. again. I just want to, I like to follow this movie. It was just that like somebody would bring it up and we'd have a fucking whole like a fight thing about it. We're like, yeah, he never got the joke. I don't, you know, I don't know if he, you know, ever got the joke. We've explained it to him. I like the idea that he thinks that on perhaps an episode of Peaky Blinders. Dude, like, I don't even know. Killian Murphy's going to be like, yeah, I had it back to my place and she sucked my neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shudder to think what he thought necking was. Like. I think we know what he thought it was. Yeah, I know. So what did he think, do you think, at the end of the movie when uh, Fat Bastard says his neck looks like a vagina? doesn't count because he's scottish not british i don't know <laughs> we never had this discussion that would be the most amazing fucking thing if he was like well he's scottish he's not british you're an idiot <laughs> the end of this movie fat bastard shows up and he's lost a bunch of weight so he's got a bunch of loose skin because he was quite heavy and now he's quite not heavy and he's like i got a bunch of extra skin my neck looks like a vagina and then it just there's like a three second shot of people in stunned silence and then it cuts to something else. And I'm just like, it's like the movie hates him. Yeah. Because but they, he's fat, but they still let him in it. Yeah. And this is, this because is, then we can laugh at him if he's in the movie. This is the thing but that bothers it hates me. him because he's fat. It's not even that he's fat. This is the thing that bothers me. This is a type of humor that it's ro mean. rose to prevalence in the early 2000s. Yeah. It is the Meg on Family Guy thing of like, yeah. we need a punching bag. Sure. 
and we're not good writers enough to like create punching bags so we'll just pick on someone yeah and like that shit is so fucking gross and the fact that they made you know and like it's supposedly quote unquote justified with fat bastard because he's like repugnant and Mm -hmm. terrible and shouldn't exist so it's like oh it's okay to no it's actually fucking horrible he brings the he lowers the iq of the movie every time he shows up by being and they keep having him doing these things of like you know when you're an overweight child in a society that demands perfection and then he farts and it's like okay but like you're kind of like then making fun of when people talk about like you know what their hardships are and what blocks they might have to like actually bettering themselves well the, yeah the and, whole thing is yeah. like who gives a shit what his reasons right. are look how fat and stinky yes. he is yes yeah, yeah. it's just so mean-spirited yeah it's it's terrible in both movies they should not have brought him back they didn't have to he didn't yeah. have to appear in this movie no and in fact maybe you could use some of that budget then to make the legs not look so janky when you have your little uh right. you know coat Dude. stunt Dude, less fucking fat bastard in this movie means more mini-me. More mini-me, more Beyonce, more Michael Caine, like, more the stuff that actually is working. What is fat bastard even doing for the plot of the movie? He gives one piece of information that I don't even remember what it is. Which, which that's the thing, is I don't even think you needed that. Well, you needed that piece of information, but there's literally a million ways they could have... Exactly. Okay, yes. Basil Exposition could have called him and like, Austin, we found out that the fucking whatever is over here now. Yes. The end. Yeah, I think he was the one that pointed him to Mr. Roboto, which, like... Yeah. Yeah, you could have anybody do that. Right. It could have been Basil. It could have been Basil. It could have been Beyonce being like, oh, I found in Goldmember's files that he's right. dealing with this guy. I found you a know? business card. Any of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Early in the film when they don't know who Goldmember is and they just have the sailors with the golden dicks, mm-hmm. they do a reprisal of, in the second movie, the rocket is shaped like a penis. Yeah. And they do this long runner of like, it's got a long shaft and uh, at the bottom it's got, and it cuts to an umpire going, two balls! What the hell's that thing? It looks like, I think it's, uh," and it cuts to like, you know, the the military radar room and the guy's like, Johnson! You know, it's like that. Like Uh they just keep doing this runner. So when the guys have the golden penises in in the gold member, they're doing a version of that where it's just like euphemisms for penis. But he's like, golden tallywhackers. Uh, you know, gold-plated yeah. wangs, like yeah. whatever the fuck. Yeah. But they do three of them, and it's so lackluster, and it feels like nobody wants to be doing it. Like, yeah. like Mike Myers isn't delivering it with any kind of energy or yeah. anything. Yeah, no gusto. No, and so, okay, so it feels like, to me, in the in the end of the first movie... 24-carat dirt... crankshaft is not what they say, but it's something like that. Yeah. Sure. End of the first movie, he's doing the I'm a photographer thing where he's like, yes, 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 no, no, no! You're a tiger. You're a tiger. And he's like taking photos, you know? So they reprise that in the second one, but it's similarly lackluster. Yeah. Where I was just like, oh, it feels like nobody wants to be doing this bit. They were just like, oh, we have to bring back shit from the first one that people Mm, liked. Yeah. And that's kind of how it feels in this, where they're like, oh, everybody liked that runner in the first movie, so we'll bring it back, but he didn't really want to even be delivering it. It's kind of like, it's it's bad. It shouldn't be in here. It's not good. It doesn't make sense. And then, yeah, they have Clint Howard... As the As radar operator, Johnson. which again is a yeah repri- reprisal from the second movie, yeah, first and movie. and yeah they're doing boobs and it's short and you even asked me like oh did they bring this back and I'm like I cannot remember no they do and like they three don't. yeah 
They're like, oh, boobs, knockers, whatever. Like, there's they do like three euphemisms, and the last one is just so long because it's Ozzy Osbourne and the whole Osbourne clan. Yes. He's like, movie. Which also, if you watch through the credits, they had to do a lot of takes with them. Yeah. And Sharon's like, what, Ozzy? What's the matter, Rosie? And then it cuts back to the movie, and I was like, that was so long. Do they bring this back? You're like, I don't remember. They don't. They ran out of fucking... They did so many euphemisms for dicks, but they forgot all the euphemisms for boobs. Yeah. There are so many euphemisms for boobs. Knockers. Knockers. Hooters. Hooters. Tits. Yeah. Jugs. Headlights. Flaming globes of Sigmund. Yeah. It's a Seinfeld reference. Uh-huh. But globes. Uh. Utters. Yeah. Hangers. Bazumbas. Bazumbas. I mean, then yeah. there's just the ones that are just words. Yeah. Bongos. Bazungas. Yeah. Gigundas. Yeah. Dirty pillows. Yeah. What else we got? I don't know. There's probably a bunch. Chesticles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so many. And if you can't write, you know, scenarios where they can you can daisy chain this together like that, then don't yeah. do this bit. Which, like... Y'all worked in Wide Monster in the se- in the second movie, so right. like you can figure this one. And out. And they didn't even go to Jugs, which is the easiest fucking yeah. thing. Like they could have literally just cut to like milk jugs, and it's somebody being like uh, holding yeah. two jugs. Like it's, yeah. it's it's so fucking easy and stupid. They're on a picnic and they have jugs of milk. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, I forgot about that. Now I'm angry again. All right. <laughs> what? Uh... They might have run out of time. Doing all the other things. Too many fat bastard jokes. Ew, fat bastard. I shit in a baby's mouth. Or uh, watching Goldmember eat his own skin. Ugh. Anyway, skin is that jokes. it? Oh, there's so many piss jokes. There's a lot of piss jokes. There's a, there is a lot of piss jokes. There's a joke where Austin is hiding behind a fountain. Okay. The fountain is shaped like a little you know, naked cherub. Mm-hmm. It's pissing in, in a pond. And he unplugs it, because that's how they work, I guess. It's plugged in usually right next to the water there. That all makes sense. That's totally totally normal. There's not pipes or anything, or it's not like a hidden uh, power source. No, it's just like a plug. It's fine. Totally normal. I get it. Especially for Japan. They're not known for their, they're not known for their technological ingenuity. Okay, so moving right the fuck along. So he unplugs it. So now the, the fountain isn't pissing anymore, and he's on the far side of it. And so as not to arouse suspicion, he pulls down his, his zipper, and he starts pissing. And so then the guy is on the phone, and he's uh, oh there's okay. a guard on the phone, yeah. and kind of hears the fountain stop. He's like, wait a sec, over. but then it starts pissing, and he's like, oh okay, cool, and he goes back to his phone call. So then Austin just has to keep pissing and keep pissing and keep pissing and like forcing it, and which is all like crazy. Then he's like drinking water; it's going right through him, and he's pissing some more. Then he eats asparagus for no fucking reason. They do a, it smells weird in here gag, and I'm just like, this is terrible. Yeah. And um, it ends with like yeah, him like really forcing the piss out, and it's just like an over over pumped thing with like very yeah. little fluids. It's like spraying crazily across the thing. Kind of funny. All right, fine. Then they circle back around to that. He gets in a fight with the guard. He knocks the guard out, and then he's hiding on the other side of the fountain from he's, another he's discovered from, the plug plugged it back in plugs it back in he's hiding on the other side of the fountain from a different guard but other guards observing from security camera see him on the close side uh and Apparently, what it looks like yeah. is he is pissing in the mouth of the knocked out guard yeah so that we do that and then later when they're doing the austin is walking around on mini me shoulders gag they have to go in and get checked by a medic the medic 
Doctor is played by the same guy, Mullerkey, who played the quartermaster in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like to reuse Welcome that. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Needs a so, urine sample. Yeah, so then um, he hands a bottle of apple juice to Mini-Me. Mini-Me puts it in his mouth and then is, like, supposedly spitting it out. But, like, it's, again, like, the overcranked thing where it's, like, spraying it. Yeah. And uh, it's just, like, all over the fucking place. It's all over his hand. And do you get it? How gross it would be if that was Pete? I don't. And then, yeah, it's just... Uh... Then we do a silhouette gag a little later where... Which is harkening back to the sequel. Yeah, there's a silhouette gag where... Which is fine. Like, the silhouette gags are both fine. Um, in the sequel, yeah, this, in the, the Spy Who Shagged Me, it's like, uh, it looks like Heather Graham is pulling things out of uh, Mike Myers' butt. Yeah. In this, Minnie Me's hand looks, looks like, like it's Michael Myers' penis. Michael Myers' extremely fucking nightmare, prehensile penis with a hand on the end of it. Yeah. Like, if you want to make this really funny, it would have been great if they just kept it as, like, his arm. Yeah. With, like, a fist. Yeah. And it just looked like a fucking, like, meaty fucking dick. But they keep having, like, he's holding an apple and throws it up to Mike my, my And I'm just like, so you're looking at this and you think this guy has, like, a weird, like, elephant trunk prehensile penis with fingers and you don't fucking run screaming into the night? But then we make it like he's delivering a baby. Right. Which is too complicated to explain. Yeah, Mini and Me, doesn't really match what we had been doing. No, Mini-Me's tied to his abdomen with a bag of saline, and then he slides down, and it looks like his water broke, and then he gives birth to a baby. And I just... It's so dumb. It's two separate gags. It should have been either two separate scenes or pick which one you think is funnier. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense. I don't... Yeah. No, but we were checking stuff off, and we had that in the last movie, so we're doing it again here. Hey man, it's, hey, listen! Don't don't burn all this gold right now. Save it for the love guru. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fart noises. I bet they love that shit on Love Guru. So many farts. I bet. I don't remember. I blacked that movie right out. <laughs> That's the whole reason I started drinking. <laughs> I didn't want to remember the Love Guru, and you know what? It worked. Thanks, drinking. <laughs> So, anything else we want to talk about? I thought that uh, Dr. Evil was saying I'm Ducky, but really it's I'm Dougie. Dougie, yeah. Yeah. Can I say my mom also had a had a mini-me doll? No. It was, life, it was life-size. Uh, oh. She also has a small tricycle that she either had or bought specifically for this, but she used to have that mini-me doll, like, posed on the tricycle all the time. It was, like, her favorite thing. She fucking loves mini-me. My mom fucking loves oh. mini-me. But now she says that her cat uses the tricycle to do To deliver route. the paper. Yes, yeah. that is true. Yeah. My mom is crazy. Hi, Mom. If you're listening, I love you. I know you've been listening to the episodes recently because you got yeah. a new phone that's good and you can actually listen to the podcast on it, and that's great. And I'm very happy for you, and I love you, but you're crazy as hell. And you know that I think that because I tell you all the time because we talk a lot because I'm a good son. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll do another Austin Powers where my mom could talk about how she loves Minnie Me. Okay. But we have covered, you know, the whole trilogy now. Yeah. Kind of, so. But, uh, but yeah, this was the bad one. We wanted yeah. to do a bad one. Yeah. We did the bad one. So would you recommend this movie? Um, it's, it's really. movie. It's really weird. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's so weird because. I kind of think this one is more like the first movie than the second movie, but I also don't like either one of them. And this one has a lot more really objectionable bullshit in it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot more to dislike in this than the second one. The second one isn't as good a movie 
at all, but but it holds up better. No, it doesn't hold up. It's just less offensive. It's yeah. it's totally fine. Like, you know, Heather Graham like kind of sleeping sleepwalking through the movie is fine. The plot is just fine. It's all very fine. It's totally like whatever. But it doesn't really feel like the original the way this one does. Sure. Um, this one feels more in the in the style of humor and the the sense of humor and the you know vibe of the first one. But it's just it's a lot messier and overcomplicated and whatever. So uh, I would have to say no. I would honestly say skip both the sequels. Just watch the first one. The first one's great. first one's great. Watch it. It's great. They never made a sequel. Zack Snyder. I think the only reason the second one doesn't bother me as much as it does is because I saw it so frequently. Yeah. It's it's also, it's inoffensive. It's totally fine. Yeah. It was on Comedy Central, I think, a lot. Yes. It is the boiled chicken of films. Like, you're just like, (laughs) this is fine, I guess. It's not great, but it's not, like, bad. But yeah, I don't think I've watched this one all that frequently. I definitely saw it, you know, once or twice as a youth and went, ugh. Oh, at one point, Dr. Evil does a voice. He he's like making fun of Scott somehow, and he does like hey, I'm gonna round him up and whatever, fucking Bronco type voice. And I was like, what? Oh, for uh, Sky Don't. Yeah, I was like, don't do this. Yeah. Like, keep him doing like his shtick. Don't he does impressions now? Like, no, no. I also I hate in general how like Doctor Evil is like super up on pop culture. He makes all these like pop culture references from the era in which he was frozen. So in theory, he pulled a Captain America thing where he like studied pop culture for the last 30 years so he could get what the references Iron Man was making. Theoretically, Dr. Evil did that for no reason, though, because there's not even an Iron Man in this. There's no one making pop culture references. It's so that the writers didn't have to try as hard. Yeah. And so they could just be like, oh, uh, fucking uh, Monica Lewinsky or whatever. And it could be like, oh, he totally gets that because I guess he must have brushed up on history. It doesn't make any sense. I hate it so much because it just it doesn't feel like a thing the character would do. You tell me Dr. Evil gives a shit about pop culture. He's going to go watch I Love the 80s and I Love the 90s and shit and, like, you know, get all caught up so he can make fucking quips to his son. Get the fuck out of here. It's so dumb. And it's not present in the first movie. It only exists in the sequels. Agree. In the first movie, it's just like, I'm an evil supervillain. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. Fuck Starbucks who gives a shit. Want to blow up the fucking moon or whatever. Like, that's, you know. And that should be... Frickin'. Yeah, frickin'. Surrounded by frickin' idiots. Uh, that'd be... Like, that should be his attitude the whole time. Yeah. Dad, you don't get pop culture. And I don't I don't care. Why would I care? I didn't care about it in the 60s. And I don't care to try to catch up now. Yeah. It is the opiate of the messes. <laughs> sure. Uh, it would be actually really funny if, like, it was just, like... Oh, I looked into it, and this is the one thing I think is worth my time. If there was one thing, if he was like, if Dr. Evil was like obsessed with Forrest Gump. Yeah. Like that would be Something. funny. Something, yes. Or not even just like I looked into it, but just like, I I checked out one thing, and isn't this funny, you know? Mr. Powers, I have an intellect outnumbering yours tenfold. I have perused all of pop culture the entire time that I was frozen, and the only thing I found worth watching. Was Forrest Gump. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Then yeah. every time he makes a Forrest Gump reference, it's extra funny. Yeah. Because it actually has, like, weight. It's yeah. not just he's referencing shit we all know. Yeah. He's referencing the only yeah. thing he knows. Him and Minnie Me get along like peas and carrots. Yeah. Shit happens. Right. Something, yeah. anything happens in the lab, he's like, oh, run, Forrest, run. Yeah. Like, that's funny. I've set you out a 
you know, delicious feast. It's got boiled shrimp and shrimp pate. Right, he could have a dinner where he just lists all the shrimp and that would work. (laughs) Like, if he thought he had disarmed Austin Powers and Austin revealed he had a new gun, he'd be like, Lieutenant Dan, you've got new legs. (laughs) That all of a sudden becomes funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's not he's referencing shit we all know that we all could make these references we all see this coming he's referencing literally the only thing he knows that's funny we just made these sequels a hundred percent better and it's fucking softball shit oh it's so hard to make Forrest Gump references we made like a dozen just now yeah and I haven't seen that movie in ten years yeah because you know what else was on TV all the time Forrest, Forrest fucking Gump, Gump. <laughs> fuck yeah. You should have Forrest Gump show up in this fucking movie as one of the fucking henchmen. Dr. Evil, I've... I've you can been... still have your piss jokes. Just talk about how you've had too many Cokes. Yeah. I guess you had too many Cokes. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> oh, you're not so bad, gold member. You know, it's weird. We actually kind of look alike. Fuck. All right. So, yeah, no, uh, I'm going to vote hate watch... The first one's a great watch. The sequel's a watch. This one's a hate watch. Uh, our version with all the Forrest Gump references is a great watch, obviously. Um, Allison? I mean, yeah, just talking about this, it's a hate watch. I specifically brought it here because something we could talk about yeah. that we owned They're somehow. You can kick it around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it is asking for it. Yeah, man, especially because like, it does a lot of punching down on its own. Yeah. <laughs> so, fuck off. Yeah, no, it's sloppy. It's... Yeah. There's so many good comedy sequels. They're rare because they're people think comedy's easy, especially if you have a hit. They think they they got it all in the barrel, but they yeah. don't they don't well, do stuff right. There's a smart way to do all the jokes again. There's a smart way to handle upping right. the stakes, and well, it's most it's things such don't a do fine it. line that people don't seem to understand. Where you want the same thing again, but different, and that is hard. It is very hard. And yeah, too much one yeah. way, and it's just the same thing again. Too much the other way, and it's too different. Yeah. Did did actually again like I said did like a couple of things more than I remembered. Yeah. Like what what was like what was stuff that caught you off guard this time? Where you're like, oh shit, that was good. Well, again, just the the performances I thought were way better. Not moments. There's I, no specific moments. No, like I like, didn't I didn't remember Beyonce being as good as she was, but that's because she's not in the movie enough. Yeah. But like, yeah, anytime she's on screen, she's fucking great. She's really good, really engaged. Yeah. And engaging. Yes. It's very easy yeah. to be like, I care about this character. Yeah. I want to know what she's yeah. doing because she's she seems like yeah. she's got it beautiful looking and then yeah. yeah very charismatic and you know she's playing the spy that already did all the legwork because yeah. we don't have time to do that in this movie because right. we're too busy fucking right she frequently has the bastard. upper hand in sequences it's just her not being there for a lot of the time yeah so we don't have like this, um, this goof off fucking right. nonsense right it would have yeah. been great if fucking uh nigel was like oh, it turns out she's your sister as well and then you know austin be like Ooh. yeah yeah Allison, thanks for suggesting this movie. Hunter, thank you for uh, agreeing. And also, thanks for this. watching all three of them in the past yeah. three days with me. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, mixed bag because there's good stuff in this whole series. It's just, you know, it it starts being diminishing returns. You don't after have to time. apologize. We've made our thoughts very clear. But yeah, legitimately liked the first one, and yeah, didn't mind watching the second one again. Yeah. It's you know something I've seen a lot well you can uh, email us at write hate watch great watch that's w-r-i-t-e-h-w-g-w at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter and instagram at h-w-g-w podcast on both those platforms platforms that's what I mean. yeah. you can find us every other wednesday that's every, every other, other wednesday. wednesday yeah baby i should have just done the e <laughs> on movie john 
And please support the Movie John Patreon at patreon.com slash moviejawnjohn. Thanks very much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah, baby. Behave. Oh, boy. He I never, used to date a girl whose uncle does, was a professional Austin Powers impersonator. Wait, seriously? He appears in one of those parody movies, like epic movie, non-other teen movie, disaster movie type things. He's in one of those. Weird. They're doing some dumb bit, and, you know, whatever happens, a bunch of pop culture characters come running out or whatever. Uh-huh. And one of them's Austin Powers, and it's my ex-girlfriend's uncle. Huh. Huh. That's a job you could have. His house was nice. <laughs> I don't know if he paid for it with all Austin Powers money. I have no idea, but it was a nice house. This has been a movie, John.